Welcome to the first free two hours of the BingeCast on the Binge Media Podcast Network. All of our listeners receive the first two hours of the BingeCast for free, while premium members receive the full binge. The entire four-hour show available exclusively at patreon.com slash binge media. And they'll get early access to the show 24 hours before everyone else. For only $5 a month, premium members also get access to exclusive shows, freaking shot recipes, and our monthly happy hour on Discord. Sign up at patreon.com slash binge media to join us today for only $5 a month. And now, the Binge Cast. I'm here with Johnny Moreno, Amy Gilbert. 708-406-9546. They did drop a couple bob at church. Hey, sorry, you fucking son of a bitch. You should be saying, this is my favorite comic book me ever. Because this is based on a fucking literal comic book. This fucking movie, though, is amazing. <laughs> I just think he's fucking boring and a douchebag. Great year for movies. This whole movie's just a fucking embarrassment. Really fucking enjoyed this movie. Had me fucking interested from beginning to end. Really, really hit close to home. Apparently, I called it Grand Budapest. Bob You're stumbling all over your Bobadoo. This comic book thing happened over here, and it was like people fighting and shit. Who gives a fuck? What the yeah. fuck are you talking about? He has a protege after that. Protege. <laughs> wow. That yeah. was fantastic. Nine on ten. It's an easy nine on ten. Everybody, uh, thanks for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the BingeCast on BingeMedia.net. I am your host, Alex and Sarah. I work for BingeMedia.net. I do. And... I'm here with another guy who works for BingeMedia.net, and that's Mr. Jack Felvey. Oh, yo, yo, yo. How's it going? You know, that's, uh, that stinger still works. Oh, I say, oh, uh, Jesus, every time. It's not because we're still playing it. It's because, God damn it, it still lands every time. It's just, uh, it's a fucking uh, clutch. It's a choice, uh, you know, selection. What can I say? Came out the gate hot. Tr- trying to get this one off the ground. We should just cut off after the first couple of notes, though. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, just if you oh. had a piece of software that would allow you to do something like that. You know, you know what? Software doesn't work for me these days. You know what works for me? Hardware. I'm all about that hardware, baby. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. Okay, then. <laughs> I don't know what that means. All right. The boys are on uh, vacation, or one of them is, and the other one's, I don't know, doing something. So it's just you and I today. Nice. We uh, pre-recorded the full binge. Now, the full binge, for people that don't know is our Patreon, five bucks a month, patreon.com slash binge media. For five bucks, you get the full binge. What is the full binge? Well, you're listening to the free binge right now, and that's the first couple hours. And the next couple hours, we uh, take it over to the Patreon side. Sometimes we do commentaries, we do games, we do tournaments, all that kind of stuff. Five bucks a month, you get yourself a shot glass, the monthly happy hour, and you also get Jack Attack Tuesday. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that. All right. Uh, give us a precursor on the 365 films a year. Um, yeah. I know going, going into October, you have a little something special planned you want to tell everybody? Yeah, so uh, we are now underway. Uh, you'll start hearing about it pretty soon. But uh, doing, doing 31 horror movies and uh, TV shows this month. Um, so I have a lot of stuff that I've already lined up. I've got uh, actually one movie we'll, uh, I think we're going to talk about a little bit in depth later on. Because I, I hadn't heard of it much before. And I don't know if anybody's seen it, but uh, it's definitely binge cast worthy. So, uh, so yeah, we're, uh, we're a few entries into the month. I'm knocking off some, uh, some franchise stuff. Some uh, kind of hard to find stuff, and uh, yeah, having a really great time. I don't know this. Uh, the challenge has not gotten, uh, I don't know, insurmountable on me. You know, um, I've kept ahead of things. Or stale, right? Well. Like yeah. you're still enjoying doing it every fucking day. Yeah, it's. Um, it, I think it, part of it is that you know it's the two things. Uh, you you can't. Anybody who tries to watch one thing a day, I can't imagine that would be a good idea or fun to do. Um, mm-hmm. But also just like the freedom to kind of, you know, uh, maybe maybe this week I want to check out an Anthony Bourdain documentary. You know, maybe another week I want to watch something that's like, uh, I don't know, some Criterion Channel thing from the 60s from France. You know, just the ability to like totally mix it up is, uh, has kept it really fresh. So, uh, so yeah, 31 damnations and uh, we'll, we'll keep on trucking, so. Yeah, and you got uh, Joe Fernandez That's chiming right. in with his his picks. He's doing that too, as well as uh, Keen. Isn't Keen doing it, or is he doing like an unofficial one? Yeah, yeah, no, no. They're um, those guys are uh, those guys are cranking away, uh, and uh, you know there may be something in the works uh, near the end of the year with those guys. So you may want to uh, you may want to keep an ear out on Patreon, five bucks a month, and uh, you know see where that takes you. So, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we got tons to talk about, especially in the TV roundup. So TV's going to be stacked. We got a couple of movies, new movies to check out, including The Many Saints of Newark, which is That's also right. our full binge. You and I sat down yesterday and did a commentary mm. after uh, a single watch. We just couldn't wait to to sit down and and uh, chop it up yeah. while watching uh, the, the newest uh, Sopranos flick. Awesome. That's right. That's right. So we'll definitely get into that a little bit later on, too. So, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, I, I mean, we kind of talked about our feelings during the commentary, but I don't know. It's just different when you're sitting down on the big show in the big chair and reviewing it. So yeah. we'll be doing that. Yeah. And they'll all, all bet. That's right. Of course, we got some googs to get to. But, uh, Jack, do you happen to know what happened last week on Bench Media? Well, oh, only if we had something to tell us that. Well, I think we do. Here's what you missed this week on the Binge Media Podcast Network. The Full Binge. Welcome to the 2021 BingeCast Cocksuckers Arnold vs. Sly Movie Championship. Ladies and gentlemen, the BCCS. We got Ammon to vote on these movies to see if Sly... Arnold. All right, last matchup on the left-hand side. Predator versus Grudge Match. Mm. Ah, De Niro. I mean, he is something. <laughs> yeah. What? I thought I was going with uh, other cast. Alan Arkin. Oh. Kevin Hart. I mean, come on. Now I'm going with Predator. Come on, what are you waiting for? Predator. Yeah, I am. Come and get me. Yeah, damn it. 
Yeah, it's Predator. It's Predator all the way, dude. Predator is fucking... I can watch Predator. It's another one of my many films that I can watch any time of day. Be like, you want to watch fucking Predator right now? Be like, ah, get to the chopper. That's great. Dude, I'm watching Predator right now. Sweep it up. Sweep them 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 up. What if we just put this game on hold and watch Predator? The binge aftertaste. John Carpenter's The Thing. Released June 25th, 1982. Budget was $15 million. Box office, $19.6 million, at least in North America. And this was directed by making his first appearance on an aftertaste with Matt and myself, Mr. John Carpenter. That was one thing I, when I first saw clips of this movie, was on that terror in the aisles. That was one thing that stuck out to me was the way Russell gets up and pulls that fire alarm. You know, this was the clip they played on that, in that movie. And it's the one that really made me want to see this movie. Yeah. That's a great point. Why is he so panicked? Why does he know right away that something's wrong? I, li- I like the fact that nobody questions his authority. It's just go get the flame door. <laughs> and the effects? How are you liking the effects? Oh, this is some of the best animal acting you will ever see with the with the dog. The, the oh, actual yeah. thing, how it it walks in, kind of gives the, all the other ones the, the glare. He just sits down in the center of the pen. Yeah, and the way the, all the other dogs react. Not since John Wick have I seen, and uh, I Am Legend, where the dog acted circles around Will Smith's overrated ass. Have I seen such wonderful canine performing? The Binge Sportscast. Figure out a way. Like you want to be considered an elite team, figure out a way to beat bad defenses. Because that Green Bay team, it, they're not good. Like I know everybody's all hype and Rodgers and fuck this guy. He, there isn't a guy that I. I hate more now than Aaron Rodgers. It's really, it's it's really getting this season more obviously, but it's yeah, it's been bad. And okay, so we had our off season with him where we yep. we probably talked about him every time we did a show in the off season, and we hate him and how annoying he is on golf and friggin' Jeopardy and everything. So did you see the post game? It was so cheesy. She's like, look well, here, here's your opportunity. You know, all the naysayers in week one, thirty eight three. You said it. Was a, it was a mirage. What do you say now? What are you talking about? It's week three. Yeah. And You're two and one. You didn't win a goddamn thing. And him. I don't get it. Rogers is this arrogant prick that puts on this facade like he doesn't care. But he cares more than some TikTok mom showing her titties off on social media. He gets off on it. He loves yeah. it. Him and his fucking scraggly, thinning fucking hair looking like a molester like this guy <laughs> to listen to the full binge and other exclusive content sign up for the binge media patreon at patreon.com slash binge media and now back to the show that fucking Ammons uh arnold stallone tourney mm. shit show that should just be called shit show pretty much Pretty much uh <laughs> the full you know, shit show <clears throat> it's one of those uh, one of those criminal things somehow I fucking missed the sportscast this week. I am absolutely going to go back and listen to that because if I had heard that Rogers rant, oh my god, yeah. I, I would have I would have blown up PJ's phone about it. It's phenomenal. <laughs> it's a solid rant. Oh god, that show rant. is great. Even it, it reminds me of uh, old Top Gear. I really like old Top Gear with the original crew, and uh, yeah. I don't give a shit about cars. It was just a good show. It's the same thing with the sportscast. It's like even if you didn't care about sports, it's fucking funny. That's what I've been saying. 
That's what I've been saying. It doesn't matter about the subject, but if you got two entertaining hosts who are drunk assholes and talk a lot of shit, then that's my shit right there. Yeah. I'm yeah. in. I'm fucking in. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, I had to pull this drop. They're not good. <laughs> it's just so matter of fact. It's I mean, like I ha- there's no there's no debate there. Oh, for sure. I mean, I I mean, when I heard it, I had to pull this one. Fucking nitro stout making me blind. <laughs> well, here here's your opportunity. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. Are we uh, auditioning our new drops? I got some new drops from uh, last oh week. Last week's oh. uh, full binge. Uh, let's see. We got this one. Look at me, I'm a movie fan. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, we got plenty of show to drop these. So. Uh, and and stay tuned. There's a little production bit uh, later uh, that I pulled. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it well. That's a little hint. Little hint. <laughs> uh, let's get to some googs. Now they met up in an Ohio town, had to drop for six hours. Neil Young was around. They saw Balanok and they fucked with law. Even joined a Patreon, but the lag was too long. Neil Young was introduced, then they both started grooving. Alex was obsessed with writing a new Google Voice song. A new Google Voice song. They're not good. time to kill the pain it's like that's not how that fucking song sounds it's definitely not how that song sounds 708-406-9546 that is the goog voice number to call in and jack valley we got a fucking shit ton by the way oh, shit. that um the little break that i pulled for uh the what did you watch for the mm-hmm. arnold tourney is there anything less surprising than ammon saying i'll fucking watch predator right now we it's know. the most on-brand thing he could have said, really. I mean, That's why you're here, bud. That's why you're exactly. here. Exactly. All right. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. 585 number. Here we go. Come on, boys. Really good time. Jim Long speaking to you right now about this Ted Lasso review uh, about the episode with uh, Beard. Now, I have not watched uh, the most recent one either that you said you have not watched. Um, so I'm basically like two behind by the time you record next time. Um, but I think, really, you just didn't understand the artistic expression. I'm just fucking with you, man. That episode sucked dick, by the way. Um, I'm with you. It is. It's not good. It's just so weird, and it doesn't fit. But what I will say is I don't think that they specifically put that in there just to fuck with us. Because um, I did some research after the Christmas episode to find out why it felt so out of place. Um, because that one kind of felt weird too, right? But um, basically what I read up on was that they had filmed ten a 10-episode ten season, 
and then Apple TV wanted two more episodes. So, again, I have not watched the next one. I'm pretty sure it's going to go back on track to the regular Ted Lasso, but um, I'm guessing that this is one of those extra episodes that they ordered and then they had to kind of throw it in there without messing up too much of the storyline because obviously there's like a seasonal storyline in there as well. So um, hopefully that shit's been one and done and we never have to see it again because that was fucking horrible. Um, but that's all I got. So uh, love the show. I'm looking forward to the tournament too. Um, obviously I'm still in the middle of the show so I haven't gotten that far yet but I'm looking forward to that. should be a good time. Uh, until next time, fucking Bubba Duck. All right, that was rude. Uh, yeah, Law was pretty upset about that mm. Ted Lasso episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that resonate with you? Are you? I don't even know. We haven't talked about Ted Lasso. Um, no, nah, I'm. On I, it. I yeah, I, I don't like Jason Sudeikis, so I, I don't really, I don't really even care to watch it. I mean, I don't dislike it. I just, I, I don't care. So. Yeah, yeah, and then last week, um, you know, Law held Pete's feet to the fire like what the fuck why don't you like it and pete didn't even say the reason why at first it's because he doesn't like jason sudeikis so i get it like why watch it then yeah i just i don't i don't find the guy funny so i uh i'm good i'm good so well i am eight episodes in to the first season (laughs) boom there you go law ted lasso buddies ted lasso buddies oh boy oh boy we're not doing buddies yet. I guarantee that he's not no. really doing yet. Actually, I, I know uh, there was some talk of uh, Dune buddies a few weeks ago, but I've been I've been reading Dune for uh, leading up to the movie, so I uh, can't say I, I I think I recommend it. I, I think I said this to you. I think you'll be in. Yeah. It, well, I, I did uh, download it on my Kindle before vacation. Nice. We get to the airport. On the way to the airport, I'm like, all right. So I started reading it mm. on the way to the airport, and in my mind, I'm like, if they have that fucking Fire and Blood, George R. R. Martin, the history of the fucking Targaryen kings at the bookstore. I'm getting it. And lo and behold, they had it. I had to fucking get it. So now I'm yeah. like almost halfway through it. And then I'll be a dune buddy with the uh, law Very if he nice. ever gets around to reading it. Very nice. Yeah, so there good. we go. There we go. Um, I lo- yeah, I love the setup of Dune so far. Yeah. So I don't really remember the movie all that much other than whatever you know like all the cheesy shit because it's yeah. something that uh you know the 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 father watched right but um uh jodorowsky's dune was fucking mm. great yes that was a i mean i don't know if that gives you a sense of like the story or whatever but like the shit show is fun right so like the setup so far yeah, it's interesting. Oh, I'm I'm definitely in, man. Villeneuve, uh, Villeneuve. hasn't made a bad movie yet, so that's um you know the reason why Dune is you know, at the top of my list is because the guy is I don't know if he's batting a hundred, but his fucking hitting percentage is pretty good so far. I know this ain't the sports cast, and I'm sorry, Pete, but Jeez. he's doing pretty well. He's doing it, doing it, and doing it well. <laughs> All right, let's go to uh, the next one. Here we go. What up, binge media? It's your boy, the Duke, and I'm calling in with a parenting tip to 4TM and to, I think, help Jim Law as well. Um, and I'm obviously not as advanced as Jim Law yet, but a helpful tip to maybe help save him some time, because I think his time and value in gaming is greater than having to get up 
walk up the stairs and say, why the fuck didn't you vacuum these stairs? Yeah. Um, fairly inexpensively now, Jim Law, you can invest in indoor cameras with two-way radio, or one-way for that matter. <laughs> Hell, you don't need to listen to them talk back to you. So instead of having to take time to pause the game and walk up the stairs, you could just hop on the camera radio and be like, why the fuck aren't these stairs vacuumed? Vacuum these fucking stairs. And you don't have to leave your chair. And you can continue. I think if you look at the time that would be saved in this, it's exponentially valuable. There's your tip from the Duke. Um, but, you know, Jim Law, you can feel... Uh, you feel free to chime in or correct me, but I think that would be worth your time, something to look into, and worth, worth your investment. Suck a bubba dick! Hmm. Well, we do have uh, Jim Law chiming in. I know. Well, I've always been a big fan of tits. So, yeah, I know it wasn't exactly... Good job, you fucking yeah. dick. Good tips, good tips. I just, uh, I, I'd love to know uh, if there's a sale on, uh, you know, camera radios like, uh, like Chad D's talking about there. Seems like a nice piece of technology I want to integrate into uh, my own place. So. Ooh, for what? The cats? Well, you know, just in general, right? I mean, just to lock shit down. Uh, you never know when it might come in handy. <clears throat> camera radios, I would man, fuck with they're the all the rage. I would, I would fuck with the cats. I'm not going to lie to you. I'd Absolutely. fuck with the cats from different rooms. Oh, please. Dicks. That's uh, that's the point of having the cats in the first place. So. Well, I mean... If they they fuck with you constantly, so why not fuck with them? Yeah, you bitches. Yeah, exactly. So fucking hate cats. All right, here we go. Next one. I think Duke called back. What the fuck? All right, it's the Duke calling again. Okay, it's a different tone. Oh boy. This is we got a different Duke. We got helpful Duke. We got tip Duke. <laughs> in the first fucking voicemail, and now like the tone is completely changed. And what the fuck? TMC. You are such an enigma. It is unreal. You are, without a shout of a doubt, the new Garrett Collins. This guy, all right, Alex Moreno, if you're there this week, and Jim Law, this guy, this guy, this motherfucker, all right, there are so many great shows that Pete will not watch that he's tapped out of in the first 15 minutes, one episode, and never gone back. On last week's show, there's like at least three shows where he's like, I don't know. I can't recommend it. I don't know. I'm still watching, but it's okay. I don't really like it. What the hell? All right? It's already been stated. Like, you know, Bunch, the lie, not very good. I watched all four episodes. I don't know what it's doing or what I, if I like it or not, but I'm watching it. The impeachment show. Ah, there's really nothing going on. I just want this. They're not giving it to me, but I'm watching it. There are great shows that have been recommended to Pete, and he has said, I'll fucking never watch it. Pete, I love you. I don't understand you. But please, please continue to do what you're doing. It's mind-boggling to me. It's a mystery to me. I'll never understand it. But it makes me keep coming back to going each and every week and go, what the fuck is Pete going to watch that no one cares about? And when's he not going to watch that everybody wants him to watch? 
It's such a fascinating thing to listen to each and every week. Suck a mama dick. Hey, fuck you. AP Bile's back. So suck it. <laughs> Angry Duke. You know, just as a, a listener of the binge cast, okay, this is one of my favorite things because it comes up like once every, once or twice a month, okay? And somebody calls and they're just indignant, just just beside themselves. The PMC is not watching X, Y, or Z. Or like he <laughs> yeah. tapped out or tapped into something. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, man, you know, it, it, nobody needs to watch anything. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, people are so obsessed. It's like, all right, you know, like there's a million reasons why somebody might not watch something. Eh, I don't fuck off. Like, I just gave you a good one, Ted Lasso. Yeah, I don't fucking like the guy. I'm not going to watch it. Well, that's the thing is, like, when you watch a show, you fucking love it. You want to share it with your friends. For sure. And, like, your homies that are fucking movie and TV fans. And you're pretty sure, you're, like, 90% sure that they're going to love it. And you do that a couple times with Pete, and you realize, I don't need my heart broken every fucking time there's a new show (laughs) that I like. It's true. I'm just going to, yeah. I'm just going to keep this dumb shit to myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The man likes what he likes, and he doesn't like what he doesn't like. That's right. All right. Uh, thanks, Duke. Oh, here we go. Yo, yo, what's up, fellas? It's Johnny Mendoza. Long-time listener. I haven't called in in a long time. Um, anyways, uh, the wife and I binge-watched uh, The Mayor of East Town. On HBO, um, we binge watched it over a few nights, uh, and we, we loved it. Um, lots of twisty turnies of who done what to who and where. Um, I don't remember if you guys have talked about it on the show yet, uh, but if you have seen it, I uh, just wanted to know what your thoughts were about it. Uh, an easy eight on ten for me, and then and the wife. Uh, it was great. Um, but yeah, so that was it. Uh, have a good day. Bob the Nice. All right, Johnny Mendoza calling in. Been a little while. Chicago guy. I believe he showed up at the last live show. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Mayor of Easttown, dude. Uh, we talked about that for a hot second. It was only, I think, six episodes. So it's not like it was a long-running thing that we we're constantly talking about week after week. Some of us caught up with it uh, weeks later on the show, um, on the binge cast, I mean. Um, so yeah, man, I, w- I would go back and listen to those, to those shows, get our thoughts on it. I believe I gave it an eight on 10. I really liked it. Love the performances, love the neighborhood aspect. Um, and yeah, there were some twisty turnies, but I think they, they didn't write themselves out of the corner as far as the t- twisty turnies go. Like you can tell when the fallout of something happens, you're just like, what the fuck was that? This is just bad writing. Uh, but this is, is really good writing for for Mayor and uh, deserved all those accolades. How about you? Um, did not uh, watch it yet, just because I was trying to not start a ton of TV shows during this year. Yeah, but mm-hmm. uh, I will say, after hearing all the hype, your excitement has me excited, sir. So oh yeah, maybe we'll move it up the list. We'll see. Well, Law was a big fan because Kate Winslet's in it, and he's. Well, I've always been a big fan of tits. What happens in the beginning of that where he, like he's fumbling over his like I don't he's got four lips in his mouth? It sounds a little fucked up. Listen to this. Well, I've always been a big fan <laughs> of the big fan of this. I don't understand what's going on there, Law. It's, un, it's an fuck. unbelievable turn of events. I guess. 
All right, here we go. This is uh, here. Let's play this one, and then TM, I believe, called in nine times. So let's play this. Oh, this is Dan, new guy, new guy. He uh, left us a message in the Discord saying that it was his first goog, and that he was hammered, and he said, uh, "Be nice to him," which we're not going to be. What's up, guys? This Dick, is- fuck you. <laughs> Shut up. Because I caught a screening of No Time to Die this week, just sent a call in. And uh, I should say, I think this one's going to be pretty divisive. Oh. Uh, expecting a normal movie or not, I get what I was expecting. Uh, it's very long, it's almost three hours, and it's uh, a lot of. Uh, not a lot of action, not as much action as you would expect. So if people are expecting, like, you know, the normal James Bond formula, that's not what we're going to get. I think uh, most people yeah. I think it's probably closest analog would be, like, the last die of James Bond. They're movies. not good. They made some crazy choices that have never been a James Bond movie before, but for better. Um, hey, girl. Oh, my God. Thing, the villain pretty wasted. Uh, it's kind of a dud. But overall, I thought it was pretty good, man. I, I'm, I'm interested to see what people Good job! Are. Good job! Uh, good job! I loved it. I thought it was 8 on 10. So mm-hmm. Thanks, that, guys. Bob Dick. All right, thanks, Dan. All right. <laughs> Any n- interest in seeing that uh, No Time to Die? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll yeah. definitely be there this week. And I, that's um, it's one of the, the couple franchises that... Uh, yeah, I, I always take my dad to see those when they come out. So, uh, we'll nice, see nice, that. Yeah. awesome, fantastic. All right, thanks, Dan. Uh, here we go. What's up, this guy? It's your boy, Luke. TM. Okay. <laughs> a lot of Ted Lasso talk. Lots of Ted Lasso recommendations. Lots of Ted Lasso. Annoyances. Um, <laughs> I have done two and a half episodes of season one, and I just don't care. All right, let's move on to the next one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. I mean, I kind of there's a part of me that wants to care when I hear Law like just blowing Ted Lasso. Yeah, he does. I want to love it. And I got another buddy of mine who just can't stop recommending it. And now, after every sportscast post-show, PJ, pushing, not pushing, but, you know, he says, you got to watch it. You're going to like it. I just don't fucking care, and I don't know why. So I was checking out. Stop listening to people, everybody. Stop listening to them. (laughs) Halfway through this third episode, you know, he's bringing the cookies to the owner's wife and, or I guess now owner. And, um, yeah, it's, it's totally major week. Somebody said that. I don't know if it was Pete last show, but even the owner, like, it's the same thing. The, the, the female owner who wants the team to fail and so she can move it or whatever. And you've got the, the her assistant is so much like an assistant from, like, Major League who's on the side of the players and their coach. It's it just, ah. I mean, this is the quintessential we've seen it all before experience, and I really think that that's the main reason 
that I don't care. Jason Sudeikis, I don't know. It's not funny to me. It's, it's not funny, his corny-ass jokes about the farm and all that kind of stuff. Like, who gives a shit? I, I don't know. I just, I, I'm... I'm not an official tap out yet. <laughs> you know they say that like fucking the reason why like bagels and pizzas better and fucking on the in the northeast is because of the water. There must be like something in the water about like tapping out of shit, but oh, also like still going along with the annoyance of it all. It's hysterical. It's fascinating to me. A certain amount of like fucking self-flagellation or something, right? Just like yeah, I'll just I'll just fucking deal with this, I guess. I, I don't know why. I think I have to officially discuss that. I'm going to maybe just, uh, if I find time that I have an hour, maybe I can bang out two episodes and maybe fall into this. I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen, though, guys. My hand is hovering over the Do top of that button Do like it. I'm trying Do to win. Yeah, tap, 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 I'm telling tap, you, tap. I just. Tap that ass. I don't get it. Uh, I really don't. And that's it. I'm just, I'm trying to talk this through with you guys. So, whatever. Laura's telling me I'm an idiot right yep. now. And Pete cites that I'm agreeing with him. Yep. So, I, I apologize to all the listeners of the show for having to bring this up again. I am. You played a lot of side-scrolling platformers. You don't understand what they're doing. They're not good. <laughs> uh, okay. I think he called back about Ted Lasso. Let's see. Oh, no, man. I don't know. Oh, wait. He actually did. It comes up in this next one. Here we go. Oh, my God. <laughs> what up, Benchcast? All right, TM again. I'm calling about 24 hours <laughs> after my first um, voicemail where I was asking why ever with uh, Ted Lasso. Well, 24 hours later, and I got to say, the tap out, the hands are... Removed from over the tap out oh. Oh, And I think I'm pretty much in. <laughs> this fucking guy. Why does this always happen with Googs? Someone's oh. just fucking adamant about one thing. They're like, all right, so I, I'm in. I'm in. Fucking dude. First season by, uh, by the end of the week. I can't believe it happened. It's so funny. I stopped halfway through the third episode, did a little subject action last night, and finished the second half of the third episode. It's just unbelievable how locked in I got. Um, just the uh, lasso goes with the angry player and does the, the event at the children's school. Um the pretty boy's girlfriend. I don't. Obviously, I don't know any names. <laughs> the pretty boy's girlfriend starts bonding with the owner's, the team owner's wife, and the um, what was the other thing that I really liked? <laughs> <laughs> it's real. I'll, I'll just say this: it's it's not Ted Lasso. Like, all right. I mean, he's so fucking corny. And that I could do without, but it doesn't bother me. He's just kind of there. It's it's the cast of characters, and I know you've said that before, Law, and I'm starting to get it. Um, and yeah, like that was a very oh, and the um, it was the it was the reporter and the article he wrote about Ted Lasso. Like 
they did a great job there. They kind of had his he's spending the day with Ted Lasso. His article kind of sums up what I thought about the show. It's like, this guy sucks. I don't care about him. Hope he fails. Hope the show fails. I don't get why everybody loves it. And then by the end of the day, on episode three, I'm on board. So I, I had a friend say four to five episodes. I'd say by the end of the third, I'm in. Um, it's easily a background show, but for now, yes. I'm going to be paying more attention because now I'm interested and... So there you go. Is there a tap in button? Because I I, I smacked that last night. So uh, I'll call back in when I finish season one. And besides that, I fucking love you, Ted Lasso. Wow. Although not him, just the cast of characters. Uh, I believe the tap in button is just play. I believe mm. that's the only tap in button that we have. Just yeah. press play now. You just move your hand a little bit to the left, and mm-hmm. you just press that one instead. Yeah. <laughs> Why are they so close together? That sucks. Uh, I don't know. Not a lot of wrist movement, I guess. I guess. Uh, Tom, good to hear it. Good to hear it. Even though you're begrudgingly, at least in this second voicemail, a Ted Lasso fan and a Jason Sudeikis fan, and uh, you just love that character and everything. Uh, it's the cast of characters, though, Tom. Focus. It's the cast of characters that make it. I do kind of love this, though. I kind of love, like, <laughs> somebody fucking working it out through voicemail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's cheaper than therapy, I guess, so. Apparently. All right. Uh, oh, shit. Tom called four times four times last night. Holy shit. Here we go. Guys. TM. Uh, it's not just the supporting cast. I fucking love Ted Lasso. That's in. I can't believe it. Fucking Ted Lasso. I am all fucking in. Yeah, baby. That's what's up right there. Oh, that sounds oh, filthy. I mean, for at least now. At least now. All right, here we go. Yes. All right. All right. Uh, final Wait. one. Yeah. Final one. Looks like uh, no Ted Lasso talk. Spoiler alert in this one. What up, Binge Cast? It's TM. Um, taking a break from binging Ted Lasso to call in and uh, speak quickly on the Many Saints of New York. Of Newark, excuse me. Many Saints of Newark. Uh, the wife and I watched it last night. Um, without, so, you know, can't spoil here. It's 24 hours old, but man, how great is it to be back in this world? Um, it's just fantastic. And honestly, I welcome prequel, postquel, nightquel, whatever you want to do here yes. for, uh, <laughs> Soprano Universe. Um, it's been gone long enough. It's a pleasure for it to be back. I'm such a fight. Top three movie, uh, top three TV show. So anyway, pleasure to be in there. And um, I love the movie, 8 on 10, easy, 
And um, I think Vera Farmiga, Vera Farmiga, absolutely stole the show. Just the standout performance out of everybody. Um, but just a great job. I loved it. Rumors of another movie, bring it on. And uh, one thing I would say negatively would only be that for a lot of the time, I just kept wishing this was a, yeah. you know, 13-episode yes. season mm. instead of just two hours. Because, I, you know, you're watching like an hour in, and I'm just like, I can't believe this is going to be done in an hour. Um, that's it. Back to Ted Lasso. Heaven knows I tried. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, here, here's your opportunity. <laughs> Fantastic. We'll be talking about Many Saints and what did you watch this week, but uh, right. I think you kind of nailed a couple of things that we we underline a lot, and uh, why the fuck wasn't this a series? Yeah, yeah a little bit, but uh, we'll, we'll just leave that. it at that. Leave it at that and get to a little... Should we get to a little Thieves? Let's do it. A, l- a little Thieves? Oh, should we? I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it well. Very nice. Very nice. Mm-mm-mm. All right. Uh, Pete mentioned this last week. Res Dogs, Reservation Dogs, mm. came to a close for a season. Uh, good season. Good story. All right. Don't know the long game of it, but it's worth the ride uh, okay. to get to know all these different characters. Um, you know the basic setup, right? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I was kind of waiting for uh, for the season to be over and hear how it ends before I uh, it, tapped into this. So. Yeah, yeah, you're a Taika guy. I think it's yeah. worth it. Um, and, you know, it, it's not just like focusing on the four characters per episode. You do get some standalone episodes with uh, a couple of different characters, especially the main crew, the four of them. You get mm-hmm. standalone episodes. Uh, I fucking really like the show. I... You know, their big thing at the beginning was they want to go to California. Mm-hmm. They want to escape Oklahoma, go to California, uh, because that's what their friend who passed away did. That was his dream was to go to California. Okay. Um, so they all make a pack to do that. Um, and the ending episode kind of brings us into that decision. Uh, say, well, I guess the decision to go is already there, but – it, it brings them to the crossroads of whether or not they're actually going to go, okay. uh, which is pretty sweet. Uh, it's funny as fuck. I really like I really like the humor in it. Um, and like I said, the characters are they're pretty solid. All these kids are really really solid. Awesome. So. <sighs> Strong six. Oh, Strong six. Even though even though I recommend it, and, and even though that's a little bit of a could be considered a lower mark, but it's mm. still positive. But it's a strong six. There's just nothing amazing about it. Mm. But at the same time, I haven't – I don't think we have seen a series that was – I mean it's not a sitcom, but it is funny. But like kind of like a comedic take on uh, Native Americans and being in the reservation and getting to know like all the characters in there. I don't think we've really seen that before. 
mm-hmm. like I said, especially from the funny side of it. So um, gotcha. that that earns a lot of points for me. So strong six wanted it to be higher, but again, nothing amazing about it, but still a good watch. Okay. And uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to season two if they do that. Nice, nice. I, I think I will give this a shot before the end of the year. So, I think it's like what six, seven episodes or something like that. Yeah, it's a half hour. Yeah, yeah. just rip through that shit. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, you want to go through a couple of the ones that I don't have on my list? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, maybe we should. You know, we were talking about this earlier in the week when we decided on Newark as the as the full binge. But um, I think between the both of us, we decided to just rip through a bunch of new shows just because. Yeah. You know, Newark's a. Uh, a prequel to arguably the greatest show ever made. We figured, you know, let's do uh, let's do some extra fucking homework with uh, with some TV shows here. So, so we did a bunch of that. Um, let me see here. What have I seen that you didn't see? So, well, first off, what we do in the shadows is in season three. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I Pete and I were texting about this in season two. I felt the same way he did. Where season one I thought was great. Season two, it, it kind of like lost a little bit of steam. It was still good, but it wasn't as good as season one or the movie um mm-hmm. season three they really fucking picked it up this this last episode man the, it, it's just one of those things where if you make a show and it goes on for for long enough where you now have lore in the show that you can fall back to they use that in this episode and they bring back a character that they got rid of in season one that it's just fucking absolutely hysterical how <laughs> um show is, is great i never thought this would be as good as it is uh, mm-hmm. In the first place, you know, because I love the movie so much. Um, but the show did something really smart. It was just like, nope, we're, we'll have the same creative team behind it, but different characters, uh, different settings. So it's not Auckland, New Zealand. Now it's, you know, it's, it's Staten Island. Um, but it, it just works. It's really funny. They play on a lot of horror tropes, and it's it's just great. Um, the guy who plays Laszlo, one of the vampires, he's Matt Berry. Um he might be the standout for me, even though all five of them are, are phenomenal. Um, but Matt Berry has been in a ton of stuff over the years. He, he was in the IT crowd. I think that was maybe like his first breakthrough role. But uh, he's in a ton of British comedy. And, um, yeah, he's he's just great as this, like, sex-crazed uh, ancient warlord. <laughs> he's, he's fucking great. But, uh, yeah, nice. what we do in the shadows is still awesome. It's got a few more episodes left in the season. But uh, really good stuff. Nice, nice. Um, let me see here. So, impeachment, right? So, Pete was talking about that, the American crime story. Um, I am hanging on to this, I think, for similar reasons that Pete is. You know, when he said, the show is not great, but this happened during my lifetime, and I didn't know too much about it, I- I'm, I'm kind of with him there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know this story very well. I, I know the broad strokes, but in general... Um, I don't, you know, I, I, I recognize the name Linda Tripp or Ken Starr or any of these people, but I don't, I don't know the, the, the details of what went on here. Sure, um, yeah. So I'll say this, this season so far does not hold a candle to the second season. I, I think the first season was fine. It was OJ. The second season with Gianni Versace was That's fucking my incredible. Like that was I, amazing. Expecting nothing from it. That was an incredible season of television. Like that, that performance, that guy, Darren Chris, I think yep. his name is. Yep. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! Was he just a chilling motherfucker? Yeah, but, uh, absolutely. Great and the guy who played uh, Versace was really good in it too. I forget yeah. his name. Edgar. Uh, wait, what the uh, fuck? Uh, is that Edgar Ramirez? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, great. Um, great and, and that season. Yeah, that, that season was fucking so good. 
like total American Psycho vibes throughout the right. whole thing. Right. Um, exactly. Not sure why people still like mention like <laughs> this season of American Crime Story and the first season when the second one fucking just blows it out of the water because, in my opinion, they didn't do the fucking light lifetime presentation, which is my biggest gripe about this season. It's well, fuck to me. It's dull. It's boring. It's just kind of one note. Like the energy is so fucking low. There's there's no spikes yeah. in it. There's nothing to it, and it really annoys the fuck out of me. I'm also not really a fan of Sarah Paulson. Like she kind of came out of nowhere, and she was in American Horror Story, American Crime Story. She yeah. was in the fucking Shyamalan movies. She was in that movie Run. Like she's been in all this stuff in the last I don't know five or six years, mm-hmm. and I. I just don't like her. Like, like at first I was like, ah, oh, she's, she's kind of got like a different energy to her. But the more I see her and she kind of just plays the same character. I mean, even in this, she plays Linda Tripp in a fat suit. And you can tell that like she's, she's picked up some traits that aren't her own and she's trying to do a few things. But she's also playing mm-hmm. like a despicable person. So it kind of makes me dislike her even more. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that doesn't really help things. So, um, yeah. But I don't know. But she's just like, a hateable character. Exactly. And, and yeah, you know, yeah, this yeah. is like four or five episodes in. I mean, honestly, I was intrigued by the fact Clive Owen was in this because I've always thought Clive Owen should have way more great movies on his resume than he does. Sure, right? absolutely. Fuck you yeah. know. And um, I was like, okay, Clive Owen's playing Bill Clinton, but I I, I don't know if that casting is is very good. Like I, I don't. There's something about him. He he doesn't really look like him. So the prosthetics mm-hmm. are very noticeable, um, to the point where where like when he speaks, you you almost feel like his nose is plugged up from the prosthetics, and that's kind of coming through when he speaks. It's like really fucking strange. But um, see, so yeah, impeachment's fine. I. I can't really recommend it. I can't really defend it, but I, I am going to keep watching it. I, the one thing I will say is, you know, when American Crime Stories Season 1 came out, um, mm. at the same time, the O.J. Made in America documentary came out. And I feel like right. that immediately was like, oh, I never need to watch American Crime Story again because this other thing is so much better. And I've I've watched yeah. that like four or five times. That's a great series or documentary, mm-hmm. however, however it's chopped up. Mm-hmm. I kind of hope somebody's working on a similar documentary for this as like right now, because while I'm okay with this American crime story, I think I'm watching it just so I have like a basis of comparison for when like the real documentary comes out. You know, I think that's part of it. Yeah. 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 So we'll see how it goes. I don't know. It's, uh, you know, is, is what it is. So, um, all right. So I'm trying to remember here. Did you get to Kin? I didn't get to t- Kin yet, no. Okay, okay. So Kin, I think you mentioned this on your uh, most anticipated a couple months ago for the... Yeah, it's so anticipated. I haven't fucking gotten to it yet, and exactly. it's like five episodes deep. But, um, so this show, it's on AMC. I think it's a BBC production or maybe a maybe an Irish production. It's about an Irish family, Irish crime family. Um, it's not FX? No, no, it's AMC. Oh, Okay. So uh, Aiden Gillen's in it. So you got Littlefinger. You've got yep. uh, Mance Raiders in there. Kieran Hines. Mm-hmm. You've got Charlie Cox. So Daredevil shows up. Nice. And it's a classic kind of crime saga story. So um, you have. I- I'm still trying to understand the full dynamics of the family because it's very. It's a lot of people. They throw a lot at you right at once, and there's an element of this is an Irish family, and they have heavy Irish accents. So 
it's it's sometimes difficult to hear what they're saying. Um, but once you get past that, the story is fairly standard up until a point. Um, you know, Charlie Cox plays one of the brothers of this family who just got out of prison. You find out a little bit about his past. He is somewhat involved in this criminal enterprise that's being run by uh, Aiden Gillen. Uh, mm-hmm. He answers to Kieran Hines. But the the specifics of like who's in charge and how... It, it escapes me a little bit. It's clear that Aiden Gillen is sort of at the top of the heap. Um, mm-hmm. One of the, I, I believe it's one of the brothers, his wife owns and operates a car dealership where they launder money out of. Um, they have a very good life. They have a couple of kids. And this episode sort of sets up all of this world. So it's not incredibly plot heavy, but it gives you a lot of context for like, how these people interact, not necessarily who they are yet. Mm-hmm. Um, something turns at the end of the episode, and then you can see how that will kind of dictate uh, where this goes going forward. So um, it's okay. definitely so interesting. Stage setting in that first episode, and then it ends with uh, where the rest of the season is going to go, you think? I would say so. I would say so. Um, I really like it so far. It's really well shot. It, it, it mm-hmm. looks great. Um, like I said, it's going to take you a little while to sort of acclimatize yourself to the to the speech because it's heavy, heavy, heavy Irish accents. So yeah, okay. some of that you're going to lose a little bit. You might want to watch the first episode with subtitles just to sort of get into that frame of mind. Um, but I, I like it so far. Um, I'm, I'm going to continue with it and see what happens. So um, nice. Yeah. <clears throat> what is the? Uh, I, I can't get really like a sense of the tone. Of what they're going for. So if you can put it uh, in a put it against something like uh, is it like boardwalk where it's like more serious and more of like period piece, or is it um, like Animal Kingdom where it's just kind of like buck wild and all over the fucking place, you know, just crazy would, Sons of Anarchy style. So it's it's much more. I would say Boardwalk Empire in terms of serious, but it's more Animal Kingdom in terms of the moving Animal Kingdom and not the show. That's yeah. Okay. Honestly, that's probably a great comparison. Is like the movie Animal Kingdom. The movie's is okay, how this gotcha, feels. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, the show I haven't seen. I can't really speak to that. But if it's like Sons of Anarchy, it's, you know, it's nothing like the, the movie is. But um, but yeah. So I, I I definitely recommend it. It, it could be something really cool. Um, nice. it, it's sort of you know the first episode. It did enough to keep me interested. It did enough to get me to come back for a second episode. And, um, you know, can't ask for more than that. So, Nice. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm Um, down. What else in here? Did you get to brand new cherry flavor? Nope. Okay. So, this fucking show. This uh, dropped on Netflix. I think it's eight episodes, so you can binge it. Um this story takes place in the 90s, and it's about a main character, this girl who went to Los Angeles to try and get a movie made. Now, she's a director and a writer, and yeah. she's a little bit younger. She's trying to get this made, and she gets in contact with a movie producer. She goes to meet the movie producer and um, you know, meets with him, and the meeting seems to go okay. And this guy, you know, you, you hear a little bit about his background. He won an Oscar a few years back. He's made a couple of hits, and he's sort of looking for his next up-and-coming talent, right? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So they have this conversation over uh, over like a lunch meeting, and they they leave, and he says to her, "You know what? Let me. Uh, I, I I'm, I'm going to give you a chance. Here's a check for ten grand, and you know I'll send you a contract. Look it over. Ha- have a lawyer look it over, and then we'll go from there. Right." So I'm telling you a lot about this episode because it's it's kind of tough not to. But essentially, <clears throat> she signs the contract, and her big stipulation with this story is that she gets to write and direct it, right? Like, that's the only way that she's going to sell this story to him. Mm-hmm. She finds out after she signed the contract that things are a little bit different, and he's going to go ahead and, and hire someone else to actually direct it. Um, so basically the guy in the contract paid for the story rights and all, all that. So she's mortified and upset and Mm -hmm. she ends up going to see this woman who she meets at a party with this producer earlier in the episode played by Catherine Keener. Okay. Now now Catherine Keener is at the party in this giant fur coat. She, it's, it's a very lavish sort of like modern looking party, but Catherine Keener she basically she looks like a cat lady. She's holding a cat. She looks like your stereotypical cat lady. Okay, mm-hmm. and she comes up to her and she has this like one word name and and she says, "Hey, uh, you know, if you ever need me, come and see me at this address." And sure enough, the girl goes and sees her at the address. And the, <laughs> through a, a weird set of circumstances, the girl makes a pact with Catherine Keener's character to make this movie producer's life a living hell. Um, and I'm going to explain this. And it's a little bit of a spoiler, but I'm going to explain it because you'll know whether or not you want to watch this show once you hear this. But Catherine Keeter tells her, you know, I'll do whatever you want. She says, make this producer's life a living hell. She says, okay, I take payment up front. She says, all right. So then immediately the girl starts choking and births a fucking kitten out of her mouth. And then it's fucking balls out from there. And this is basically a David Lynch story. Like... Stylistically, um, I don't know what the fuck to expect from this, but I'm definitely watching a second episode. So, <laughs> um, I-, I can't really sell it to anybody who doesn't want to see that, but it looks to be super surreal. It feels like Mulholland Drive Lost Highway in a big way. Um, so, yeah, it, brand new cherry flavor. It's fucking weird, but uh, we'll see what happens on the next episode. So, what do you got oh. next? All right, I've got, uh, I think the rest of them both of us watched, but uh, did you see the problem with Jon Stewart? Nope. All right. Watch fucking 15 other things this week, but apparently none of the shit that you watched. What the fuck? (laughs) He's looking forward to this, too. All right, so the problem with Jon Stewart. So this is Jon Stewart's return to TV. Um all I can say about this is that it's okay out the gate. It will get better. But the live studio audience that he had was expecting The Daily Show, and this ain't The Fucking Daily Show. Um, he he clearly is trying to be more, um, not a lot more serious, but he has stuff on his mind. He It's clear that like he's just calling the shots on what he wants to talk about. Like This whole yeah. first episode is all about veteran uh, health care benefits, specifically from... Um, Soldiers who were in Afghanistan and Iraq next to burn pits and, you know, people who have gotten cancer and people who have died from this. And he has a panel of like six or seven survivors in Mm. the studio with him talking. And it's just that, you know, there's this like Upper East Side uh, New York crowd that just has no idea how to react to this. 
Um, so they're like nervously laughing or because they just don't know what to expect? Yeah, there's a little bit of nervous laugh. And then they also have cutaways kind of like The Daily Show or John Oliver where there's some stuff that is meant to be funny, you know, little yeah, sketches yeah, and yeah, things. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. But when it comes back to the serious conversation, it's there's like a tonal thing that they got to figure out. I, I'm confident that they will just because they've been doing it for so long, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, right out the gate, it's it's a little it's a little strange. Um, it also has a tie-in podcast that I haven't had a chance to listen to. But um, apparently they, they also talk to uh, more people on the podcast about whatever the subject of the episode is. So, um, so yeah, it, it's good to see Jon Stewart back. Um, I hope that it doesn't peter out. I, I think they will figure it out. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, not, uh, it, it's definitely a different uh, style. It's a different flavor of these kind of comedian, you know, um, like update, uh, uh, current affair update shows, you know. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, kind of bums me out. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, not even just the subject matter because I'd, I'd I'd watch. That sounds interesting. I'd watch it and I'd take it all in. But the the he, I I've never been like a huge John Stewart fan, and the biggest reason why is it's like yeah, you you can be a comedian and also have some political takes and like some serious takes or whatever. But you can't, in my opinion, I don't like. When comedians just use the cop out, well, I'm just a comedian. You shouldn't really blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, then why are you fucking grandstanding all the fucking time then? Right. You know what I mean? And that's why I kind of like I'm taking a break on John Oliver, too, because it's that same kind of shit. It's like I don't need a fucking ear beating about what I'm doing wrong is just a dude. You know what I mean? Like I got the out right because of my skin color, <laughs> but exactly. it, I'm still a dude, unfortunately. And I don't need another dude to tell me why fucking dudes are the fucking worst. Right. And it right. just seemed like it was it was that kind of messaging, especially this last season. I think he got a new crop of writers mm. because um, it, it, it just it, you can take an episode from this season and an episode from, say, three seasons ago. And I think they would sound different. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, um, so I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm done with fucking political takes from comedians. Yeah, it's I mean, like I, I, I don't mind the mixture. Sorry, I didn't interrupt you, but no, just to no. finish up, like I don't mind the mixture of both. But don't use the fucking cop out of like, well, I'm just a comedian. You should really, really listen to me. For, well, then why are you why did you put this whole fucking production together? Mm. Yeah, so. I mean, there's two things to say to that. I think one, the thing I like more about Jon Stewart than, say, John Oliver. When Jon Stewart's talking about it, I give it more credence because I think that he's somebody who is actually like talk the talk and walk the walk a little bit, you know, like all the work he's done with nine 11 first responders, sure, absolutely. And, and yeah. all that stuff, you know, like I, that sure. John Oliver's hilarious at times and, and, you know, mm-hmm. does a lot of good stuff, but ultimately he is that comedian, right? Like he's not necessarily somebody who's using that platform to do a whole lot else outside of fundraising occasionally. And that, that's all right, fine. Right. Like no problem. Right. You know, that's fine. But um, I also other, might not be the target audience just because, like, when I, if I want my news, I'll get my news. But exactly. if I want funny shit, I just want to get my funny shit. That's it. And, exactly. like, I don't, again, I don't mind the mixture of both. But if you do it in a very creative and funny way, then I'll accept it. I just don't need a fucking ear beating. Right. Right. And that's that's where I think a guy like Colin Quinn comes in and he actually does it in a way that I am more willing to respond to. 
Right. He, because, he's going on tour, and I just bought tickets. So. Oh, no shit. Oh, i got to look up if he's coming around here. But, but like, that, uh, I, I just watched it. Uh, Red State, Blue State, right? A couple yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, I listened to that on uh, Jack um, Attack Tuesday. Yeah, that was, like, really interesting. You know, I, I like his perspective, and I, I like his, um, I don't know, his, his general attitude is very much, like, all these sides are fucked up. Let's laugh at it, you know? Let, yeah, I'm, I'm not for sure. here to make you feel, like, inferior because of what you think i'm here to say look everybody's fucked up like let's just calm down here you know yeah um i he I does like a, that a lot he more. does it better than anybody in my opinion I, I fucking i love that dude i love every single one of his specials he did like uh the long story short was like the history of the world he did right. new york story which was uh the history of new york yep. he did uh he did one on the bill of rights and then he did red state blue state and i hope like you know the the show that i'm gonna go to is like his new stuff um, but he's constantly writing. But like you're saying, I think it's more just like he's a presenter, right? Here's all this right. shit. Here's some funny stuff about these things. Isn't that ridiculous? Let's move on. Exactly. Exactly. And and he's he's a guy who's like his whole career has been molded around that, too. So I think part of that is uh, is a bit of a factor. But but yeah. Um, so in any case, problem with Jon Stewart. I'm definitely going to watch the next episode. Uh, I'm just kind of tempering my my expectations for what it is. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a, it's, it's a news, more, more of a news or current affairs centric show than it is a comedy show. And that, that is a big difference between what they did on the daily show. I I think in what they're doing now. So very, very interested in lost take because, um, he's a huge daily show fan, you know, original daily show fan. And especially when Jon Stewart took over and I know he was really stoked to get to this. So can't wait to hear his thoughts on it. Yeah, yeah, so we'll see. But, um, all right, I think everything else both of us watched. <sighs> all right. So, all right, let's do it. Where do you want to start? Um, <clears throat> let's start with Only Murders in the Building. Let's start with that one. Okay. So, I texted you about this after, you know, we were going back and forth. He said, I'm checking this out. I said, Oh, yeah, I got to do that. I watched one episode mm-hmm. and then, uh, Meg caught wind that I was watching it, oh, and boy. she pulled the old "wait for me" card. Which uh, uh, fuck that card. Oh, yeah, boy. yeah. Fuck well, that card. the uh, the good thing was that I was able to uh, lock it down, and I just said, "Look, we're either watching this tonight, or I'm moving ahead." And uh, she chose to watch it last night. So, so I actually caught up with all of this. I watched all seven episodes that are out of this show. Nice. I think I got three in. Okay. Okay. Um, what are you, uh, Steve Martin, Martin Short? Are you you big fan of these guys, or or you know just kind of like a passive uh, watcher of them when they pop up here and there? Oh yeah, I mean fucking Three Fugitives, big fan of that. <laughs> uh, big fan of Father of the Bride. No, I mean I was I was excited about this just because of that. The I think I mentioned it on the show before, but the um, the last special that Martin Short and Steve Martin did together. Or the, yes. Yeah, the last special, it was on uh, Netflix, I think. Yep. And they just fucking trash each other for like an hour and a half on stage, mm-hmm. just the two of them. It's fucking hysterical. Yeah. And I'm like, I know if I go into this, it's going to be a little bit more of that. And uh, three episodes in, kind of is. I was uh, a little surprised at, so I think in the first couple episodes, maybe just in the first episode, uh, you get um, a little a backstory on each of the characters, starting to get right. more and more. And I was really surprised that they went with the Martin Short character first because he's just so flamboyant and fucking crazy and out there and all over the place. 
and uh, what his backstory is was like mm-hmm. super sad. Yeah. And leading up to that, like everything is just kind of light and happy, even though it's like a murder <laughs> mystery and, and right. whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was an interesting take. You know, I thought they would. Obviously, there's a there's an arc they're going for in this story. So um, it was it was cool to see, but it was just a little surprising for me. Uh, yeah. At first. But uh, I don't know, man. I, I the first episode got me, you know, mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. first episode got me. It's very intriguing. It's not so much the murder mystery other than what these three characters who probably in like normal life wouldn't have anything to do with each other. I think we kind of see that. Sure. Uh, and, and to see like what their idiosyncrasies and shit, how that's going to jive with the rest of the group mm-hmm. um, and what they want to do. So I'm, I'm in, I'm in, I like it so far. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously I, I, I watched seven episodes of this, so uh, you know, we, we really enjoyed uh, what we saw. Um, yeah. I, I I love Steve Martin. You know, Martin Short, I don't know much of his career outside of a couple things here and there. Um, you know, I know him more as a personality than, like, any given role that he's been in. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Steve Martin, I mean, The Jerk is, like, one of my favorite comedies of all time. I mean, yeah, it's one of the best him. comedies of all time. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, the, <laughs> anybody who, who convincingly says, yeah, yeah, it's the best pizza in a cup around. He ran the old cup of pizza guy out of business. Yeah. <laughs> Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, come on. <laughs> so, I, I love Steve I'm Martin. picking out a thermos for you. <laughs> I mean, just so many fucking good songs in that, too. Oh, my God. It's a classic. It's, it's a, that, that's, maybe that should be a future commentary. We'll talk about that offline. But uh, oh, We're just going to wind up watching it and laughing. Probably. Probably. Maybe it's a watch party. Watch party. We'll do watch party. Watch party. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I got to say, though. So, I, I, like, uh, I like those two guys. I'm okay with Selena Gomez, but there is something about Selena Gomez that bugs the fuck out of me. It's really difficult to describe, but... I think I know what it is. Are we talking, like, appearance or just, like, the way she carries herself or... It's it's appearance and voice because I can't get over the fact that she's an adult and not, like, like a seven-year-old child. She's got a... Here's what it is. She's got the tiniest head. She's got a she's got a tiny head, and then if you could even imagine it, a tinier little face in that tiny head. Yeah, it, it's, and, it's and insane. It boggles my mind. It, it's that, and it's and but then it's like you hear the voice that comes out of her mouth with the tiny head, and it's like her mouth is so small that she can't open it enough to to actually like say words. So her voice mm-hmm. is like she's got a mouth issue. I got a fucking classic mouth issue here. Okay. She's yeah. open her mouth when she speaks. It's bugging the fuck out of me. But absolutely. Oh, dude, that- I've been dealing. With, I've been dealing with this since Wizards of Waverly Place. Okay. Oh my god. So you I know that man. feel. You poor man. Oh. Hey. But uh, poor you. Oh god. <laughs> but uh, oh, talk to your head. Uh, but uh, but yeah. So this is a this is a fun show. Um, I like that it's playing on podcast culture. You know. Um, yes. Absolutely. I, I love that somebody's making a comedy out of this. I always thought that Christopher Guest could do something great. You know, one of his mockumentaries about podcasters. Um, kind of surprised he hasn't attacked it yet. But this is a cool. This is a cool way to do it. I'm, I'm enjoying this a lot. Um, yeah, that first episode where Steve Martin's in the bar. 
like oh, after yeah. the uh, evacuation, and yeah. he's got his fucking map out. Right. And Martin Short walks up, and he's just like, <gasps> what? "What is in the dog's yeah. mouth?" Yeah. Um, really good. But I like the way the story develops. Now, there's a couple things. You know, I'm not gonna we're not gonna talk spoilers because I'm a little ahead. All right. All right. There's a couple things that they do that are convenient. You know, and it's just like, okay, that I don't know if I buy that ever happening that way, you know. Um, gotcha. But what they set up for the next episode ends up being something that I like. So I kind of forgive them for a few, call them shortcuts in the screenplay, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's 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 a good time. It's a good time. I'm, I'm pretty eager to see the finale. Um, they add a couple cast members as it goes, and the people that they add are also... Very solid. Um, it's it's just mm-hmm. like it's a nice little story with a lot of solid actors. It's shot well. It's entertaining and engaging. And um, it, there's one episode in particular. I, I'm not gonna spoil anything, but they do something creatively that I, I haven't seen. Um, honestly, I haven't seen it in a TV show. Um, it's really cool. It's it's actually very fucking interesting. Um, All right. So yeah. So so when you get nice. to that, I. I think you'll know it. You, you know, shoot me a text if you, you see it. But uh, but yeah, this show's cool. I I definitely recommend it to uh, to everybody. I think this is a very easy show to watch. So half hour episode. I'm just gonna and, yeah. just gonna send you fucking Selena Gomez mouth updates. Is it? Is this it? Is this the part you're talking about? I'm really upset. Tiny little lemon head. Now. Really upset. Oh god. But yeah, only murders in the building. Good shit. Anybody, like when we were kids, anybody that had a big head, we just call them lemon head. I actually think she has a lemon head, the candy for a head. I think it's that tiny. Yeah. It's that small. Like she has to wear her hair a certain way because otherwise the ears would just look like these little fucking like poke out divots Mad Magazine style because her head is so fucking gigantic. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm a a fan. Going to continue it. Is it over? The the Uh, whole season's out? I think this this week is the last episode, so I think it's eight episodes. All right, because I'm starting to get back on the train of, like, week-to-week shit. Yeah. It, it's just, it's fucking insurmountable of a task. You know, brand new cherry flavor. Here's 15 episodes. Here's right. this one. This one's another 10 episodes. Oh, give me a fucking break. Yeah, it's too much. I, I would never, again, I would never have started this many shows this week, but like I said, we were going with a theme, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple yeah. of different things, and uh, that's Absolutely. all well but, but, I mean, think about it. Everything, we're still going to talk about another, like, four shows, but everything I talked about pretty much either dropped or, or like, came out in the last week to month. How the fuck right. yeah, anybody yeah, yeah. can keep up with this shit? Mm-hmm. It's beyond me. Uh, that's why uh, the pinch is going to do it in their own time. That's right. Because down here, down here, it's our time. <laughs> Uh, what do you want to go with tonight? How about we do Midnight Mass? I caught one episode of this. All right. All right. Uh, wasn't really on my radar. Law mentioned that he was going to watch it when we were going to record this week, and then he uh, motherfucker bitched out and shit. And then uh, you said you were going to watch it. I'm like, all right, let me get one episode in. Yeah. Uh, basically, a uh, priest uh, is uh, indicted for a drunk driving accident. Is that right? And he spends like four years, something like that, in prison? Um, oh, is he a priest? I didn't get the sense that he was a priest. I thought he was a priest. I thought I had... I, I guess he thought might. he had like the collar. I thought he had priest collar. 
Oh man, I maybe I missed that. Well, I'll have to go back and check that out. But yeah, it, right. it's I'll pull it up. Yeah. Anyway, but um, but but background for for the show though is this is the third Mike Flanagan Netflix uh, series. So the first I don't know one who that is okay. So Mike Flanagan directed Doctor Sleep a couple years ago. Okay, um, he's done a bunch of horror movies, but his first series was The Haunting of Hill House. The second one was The Haunting of Bly Manor. And now this one is Midnight Mass. And according to him, this mm-hmm. story is the one that he's been trying to make for his whole career. Um, and Netflix finally gave him the cachet to be able to do it. So I guess this is something oh, that nice. he, That's he awesome. wanted to do forever. And Fuck yeah, yeah man. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the cast here, um, they are also regulars from the other two shows. Um, okay. In particular, one of the worst... <laughs> I think one of the I, I just don't understand why you would do this, but the old woman character in this, the mother of the doctor, um, that's like clearly a young woman in old makeup. She's the one who plays um, Wendy in Doctor Sleep. You know Shelley Duvall's character. Um, mm-hmm. She's like twenty eight years old, and she's she's like playing ninety. So I, I don't understand why you would do that, but you know whatever. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm wrong. It just looks like he's uh, he he's praying at the. Gotcha. Side of the accident. Okay. So I just, okay. <laughs> if anybody prays, apparently I'm just like, yeah, if they're a priest or a nun or something. He must be a man of the cloth. Ooh. So, nice. Let's oh, yeah. So we, uh, after prison, he goes back home on this uh, tiny island. Uh, seems to be a small community and some weird shit starts to happen as uh, mm-hmm. he's starting to get used to uh, being back home. Right. Obviously, there's something up with him and his father. You know, his father seems to be, you know, they're all very churchy people, people, mm-hmm. very religious people. Um, so he's getting used to one, just not only just being out of prison, but also being back home, which it seems like he hasn't been for a while. So, right, right. Um, a little, I, little bit of like the fog vibes in terms of the town. You know, it's like a fishing community yes sea shanty yeah. kind of town mm-hmm. all that stuff living off the sea um shades of that movie coda watched a couple of weeks ago you know a little bit of that mm-hmm. kind of family dynamic at play but mm-hmm. uh, but yeah yeah i don't know if i'm going to continue with this it has nothing to do with the show or i mean i thought the performances were great everything looks good and there's a significant um slow creep factor that's going on especially with the cats Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, but again, there's 30 shows that drop every week that have multiple episodes. <laughs> right. They just right. give you everything. Right. So I, I got to pick and choose at this point. So I don't know if I'll continue this, but I look forward to hearing about it, though. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm definitely going to continue with this. Of all the shows that I watched this week, um, mm-hmm. this was tied for my favorite. Um, Damn. Damn. Yeah, yeah, I, I really dug the style here. I, lo- I love the, I love yeah. the contrast. I don't know if I'm keeping up with it. This is my second favorite show of the year. God damn it! God <laughs> year. damn it! Come on, come on. No, um, <laughs> it was, uh, it, it was really, uh, it was really good. I, I like the cast a lot. I like the style. The guy who plays the priest, he had a little bit part in all three seasons of Legion, so I kind of know him from that. Um, he also popped up in a season <gasps> of Fargo. Now that I think about it, oh um, shit! Yes, that's where. Yes, yeah, yeah. I, I recognize him from Legion. Fuck yeah! yeah. Um, I was like, who is that guy? Yep, yep, yep. Yes, um, 
And there's enough of like a creepy, like you said, there's like a creepy factor. The 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 prevalence of like going to church and religion that seems like it's gonna produce some additional creepy shit at some point. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. There's just there's a lot here for me to be interested in. So I, I'm very. I'm very much looking forward to see what the rest of the series looks like. Um, now, I will say, I oh, shit, Elliot is in this. I didn't know that. Yes, yeah, he's the father. He's in all the the Mike Flanagan. Uh, oh, movies. that's. I was like, who's yeah. that guy? It looks like he has makeup on him. Yes, exactly. So that's the weird thing, right? Like, he, he Flanagan likes to have his people in his stuff, regardless of age. So a lot of the uh-huh. time, they have this like shitty looking kind of almost like Hallmark movie makeup on to just age them up, like. Like, uh, you know, spoiler alert here for Dr. Sleep if you haven't seen it, but, you know, Henry Gibson also played Jack Torrance in The Shining, and it was like... Oh, fuck. Kind of okay, you know? Like, it was like, eh, you know? Like, but the makeup was shitty, so... Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's one of those things, like, Flanagan's just kind of guilty of it, but, you know, for his shit, I loved Haunting of Hill House. I thought Blind Manor got really old, so, you know, I'm, in, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I'm going to stick around for this and uh, see what happens, so... Yeah, and it looks it looks like he aged down uh, priest guy too. Slightly. Like he looked younger. Yeah, yeah. Which maybe which it was might just factor into the story. I don't know. Ah, uh, yeah, because he had a significant creep factor that I yeah. liked. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. It, it just it, right off the bat, I was like, all right, watched it. Now let's watch something else. It, it didn't really stick with me in that way. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. I would have. De- I definitely had the time to watch another episode. Um. Yeah. <laughs> or an episode of Kin, whatever. Uh, but I was like, eh, let's move on to something else. But yeah. I might go back. Let's see. Let's see. Well, you know what? This is a classic example of uh, wait and see, right? It sounds like this is a wait and see show for you. If I come back, you know, in a week or two and I'm like, hey, this show's the shit, then uh, maybe that moves the needle for you. Maybe this is a wait and see. So. Yeah, maybe it's a wait and see. Maybe it's a, uh, well, my hands are not hovering over the tap out button. It's more just like, I gotta go get some snacks real quick and a beer. Yeah, and if something uh, and happens if I, on the way back, it's not on I, you, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got you. I got you. All right. All right. Um, Midnight Mass. Okay, Squid Game. All right. Uh, is a show. Uh, I'm surprised nobody talked about it um, because it seems pretty popular on Netflix. Yeah. I don't know. It's just all over the fucking place. Yep. Um, you know, we do a TV and movie podcast. You'd right. think something popular like that would come across the desk. It didn't. Uh, but Squid Game, Korean uh, Korean show, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And um, I was trying to think of, like, who the main character reminded me of from uh, – he kind of reminds me of the guy from The Host – like just okay. the character, not not even like okay. looks, not the actor or anything, but just the character who's just like, I have this kid. I think he's an uncle in the host, but like he has kids around, yeah. uh, but he's just like a, a dipshit. Like he just can't get it together, you know? Total degenerate. I got one episode of this in and I am fucking in with Squid Game. Okay. Okay. Squid Game's a good time. Hmm. Yeah, so let me ask you a question. So I also got one episode in. Um, nice. When you watched it, was it subtitled or was it dubbed? So it was dubbed. Okay. Typically, I would go subtitle, yeah. but uh, me and Liz were just on the couch doing different things, and 
I was like, look, typically I would do subtitles here, but uh, we're doing shit. So, like, we don't want to just be our eyes peeled. Um, Now, eyes will be peeled going forward. So we'll probably do subtitles on the way out. And I was telling her, you know, usually with dubs, the acting's bad. The voice acting's bad. Right. It's not really good representation of characters and stuff like that. Uh, But, you know, the dubbing wasn't wasn't terrible. It got me through the episode. I was still intrigued. Uh, So that was that wasn't so bad. What would you go with? Yeah, ours was dubbed. Um, I I actually didn't have an option the way that I watched. It was only dubbed. Um, I think I will be going for the subtitle option if I uh, continue with it, because I actually thought the uh, the voice acting was like really distracting. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just like I couldn't put the voices to the faces kind of thing. But yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah, just it was uh, I don't know. It was bugging me a bit. But uh, uh, same kind of thing. No, I watched this with Meg, so this was a. Uh, it probably wouldn't have gone over as well if if it was subtitled because you know you know that goes sometimes. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I one episode in. I I thought this was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminded me of a lot of these kind of Asian hyper violent movies, like like a battle royale or something. You For know? sure, yeah. Um, has that vibe? It ends up kind of going in that direction, sort of. Um, I like the 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 style of it. So I think sometimes when you watch foreign anything, films, TV shows, there's like a there's a context that can sometimes be missing because the audience is. Like, let's say it's a Korean show. The mm-hmm. audience that they expect is Koreans, right? So they have a different social, like, cadence and, oh, and yeah. currency. I love right? that part of it. Yeah, I love that part of it. Right. Just, right. like, not knowing. Just kind of right. being out, outside of the loop, yeah. Right. But but I think that this actually, they know that they're making this for an international mm-hmm. audience. Because there's, I, I feel like I'm following along really well and and i'm not having to ask questions about like oh what does that mean when they say that Mm -hmm. you know like i i know what that means even though i know that it's one thing to translate the language but it's another thing i think to like understand certain um certain like looks or phrases that make more sense to an american audience than say an international one or or something um so i I like the fact that this show knows it's for an american audience or at least it's catering to that a little bit um but I, yeah, I, I like the style. I'm in for another episode. I didn't love this. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was, it was fun. Um, but it just didn't grab me the way that some other stuff did that I saw this week. Uh, I guess that's the only way I can really describe it. It's, it's, it's not bad. It just didn't, it didn't do that thing for me where I was just like, okay, I gotta watch more of this now. All right, they um, can't all be fucking midnight mass, okay? Hey, you know, it's, uh, that's the problem. But. Uh, but I, I, you know, I, I think it kind of got me like in the subway scene where right. they're playing that game with the, the red and blue right, like, envelopes right. or whatever, or the folded up paper. Right. <laughs> right, uh, right. That, that kind of got me. I, and I knew it got Liz with the first actual game. OK. OK. Like when the when the first, uh, let's say, consequence yeah. of the stop and go game happens, she was like jaw to the floor eyes wide open mm. just like what the fuck well and i'm like yeah she's in she's in so that's actually a great example of what i'm talking about so when they play that game with the two folded pieces of paper i guess they are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um the fact that they explain the rules of the game to you 
in that instance. I don't think that if that show was made for a just a Korean audience that they would have done that. Gotcha. Yeah. I, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I see that. Yep. Um, so, so that's that's the thing I like about the show most. But, um, but yeah. I mean, this was uh, this was good. It, it looked interesting. And there's enough like, what the fuck for me to to want to find out uh, what the fuck. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I'll be there for another episode. Guys, if you haven't heard of Squid Game, definitely look it up on the Netflix. Mm. It's all there for you. Uh, okay, we got one more, and then we'll get to what did you watch, and we'll piece the fuck out of here. Oh, you know what? And we that have, is, well, I've got two more, actually. Uh, what do you got? What do you got next? The Foundation. Oh, uh, did you get to uh, Why the Last Man? No, that was another one that was on my oh. most anticipated list that I didn't get to. <laughs> All right, let, let, let me let me knock out why the last man real quick. Uh, All right. Why the last man? Last man on Earth. Bunch of women are running the Earth. Uh, I got to tell you, this show's boring as fuck. I'm Whoa! the comic. Um, I I don't have any interest in reading the comic now because let me tell you something. Uh, this this lead is uncharismatic. The filmmaking sucks. Um, I don't care about any of the other characters or what's going on. Uh, oh, it, they did absolutely nothing to bring me back for another episode, and I've got a feeling that this won't last. Uh, this 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 has all the makings of just a just a dud. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm out on why the last man. I'm, I'm tapping right the fuck out. So sorry, it's more like a W H Y the last man, right? Exactly, exactly. Why so, why are we doing this? Don't waste your time on this shit. So. Pretty sure uh, you listen to Last Binge Cast. I'm pretty sure Pete said the same thing. Well, I think Pete's going along with it just because it might annoy, <laughs> it might annoy people. Uh, sure. But Law was definitely disappointed to hear about a couple of things uh, from from Pete's review about how yeah, uh, yeah like the presentation of the show went out. Yeah. Ah, no all right. Bueno. Well, no I'll, bueno. I'll still I'll still catch an episode. At some point, uh, the Apple TV original, The Foundation, mm-hmm. uh, wasn't on my radar. You brought it up. I'm like, oh, sci-fi. Read the synopsis, and I was like, okay, let's see. What, let's give this a whirl. Sure. I love a high production sci-fi show. Like, I just love the look of it. I love the way it looks. Like uh, I, I mentioned to you, like it kind of reminded me of this expanse a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you have like the nobility and then you have like, you know, the common folk or whatever. And you got interstellar travel and whatnot. People mm-hmm. on different planets doing different fucking things. Um, so uh, from the outset, I was like, yeah, this is uh, kind of kind of my shit right here. So uh, let's check it out. Sure. And, uh, yeah, so the foundation is basically this uh, young girl gets recruited to another world, another planet, uh, for some math shit. I'm going to give you the, <laughs> we give you the Alex and Sarah fucking the synopsis right here. I am no Jim. I am no Jim law. So I'm going to give it to you how I got it. Uh, and yeah, she gets, she gets recruited to a planet for some math shit. And the professor there, uh, is he wants to start a foundation for mathematicians and uh it's basically like a probability kind of hub isn't it it's of some sort yeah yeah um so he basically hoodwinks her because uh his the math doesn't lie right numbers don't lie right uh 
he basically has a prediction based on math that the universe or at least the planet has a shelf life. And he sees the end of days for this planet and basically puts up his protege as the sacrificial goat or the sacrificial lamb, if you were, uh, to take the fall. Now, I don't know if you want to go with the fallout of the trial or whatever, but this is basically a setting the stage episode. The first, I only caught the first episode. So basically setting the stage episode. And um, like I said, you get you get the nobility of the planet. You get how long they've been in power, like this mm-hmm. lin- familial family line- lineage mm-hmm. and um, how they rule their people. Mm-hmm. And this little kid shows up and, you know, th- that might mm, crack, crack some things as it were. Sure. I don't know if you want to go with the. I guess the verdict or the sentencing as far as that goes. I don't know if that's spoiler Um, territory. It's just all in the first episode, though. So basically where they go is called the foundation. He's able to build his foundation, just not on their current planet. Right. Right. They basically Um, exiled. Yeah, this this particular. So this this show is based off of a. It's it's based off of a book that is like one of the one of the. It's like Dune. It's like one of the seminal science fiction novels, right? So, um, Isaac Asimov, right? I believe so, but don't quote me on that. I'm pretty sure yeah. it is. Yeah. It's, it's it's him or Clark or one of those guys. It's one it's one of their like defining works as a as a writer. Um, and yeah, I, so I said Midnight Mass was like the the other favorite thing I saw this week, but this was this was absolutely my favorite thing that I saw this week. Um, I've had a real tough time getting into The Expanse. I've tried the first season a couple times um, over the past, like, two, three years. And every time I do, I kind of get lost in the details on The Expanse, and I don't know why. Um, It's not a terribly complicated story. Um, You know, obviously, I I love Battlestar Galactica, and The Expanse is Mm -hmm. is molded very much in that kind of thing, but... There was something about Foundation that the way it was laid out, the production value of it, the way that the story followed one character, there was sort of a logical progression of of things that happened. I was just in. I, I was absolutely yeah. into this. Um, Jared Harris, I, actually, he, he also pops up in The Expanse, but I really like him as the sort of like wise, sage-like uh, presence in this. Um, mm-hmm. It makes sense. I mean, his father did something similar in Harry Potter when he played Dumbledore, you know? Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I really I really enjoy this. Um, I, I have yet to watch another episode, but Lee Pace as this, you know, one of the emperors. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. He's like the, the middle emperor. So the emperors, the way that they describe it is that the three ruling emperors, want, they're all clones of the same ancient guy. And one of them's a child. One of them is like, I don't know, probably around 33, 34, like Jesus age. And then the other one is elderly. And the idea is that the three of them rule with three different perspectives, but the same mind. Um, And there's a lot of really cool ideas at play in this. Um, Yeah, I really liked it. Just great sci-fi. I really love when sci-fi can give you 
stuff that you you have seen but you haven't seen. So, for instance, when they make the jump to light speed or whatever it is, or the the warp speed that they yes. travel by, mm-hmm. that was I'd never seen that done like that. That was really sure. cool, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, little little details like that I like. I love the concept of a base in outer space that is attached to the planet and that you have to travel in an Mm -hmm. elevator for 14 hours to get to the surface. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just different. You know, it's like, it's not, you take an X-wing from the main ship down to the the surface of the planet. You just, you take this elevator. Um, And then the implications of having something like that, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. Really cool. Really cool. I I was really into the first episode. I, I hope it continues, but I'm definitely checking out the next one, so... So, spoiler alert, I looked up the uh, cast on IMDb. Okay. Uh, first of all, the, the three the three guys, it's a, well, like you said, two men and a child, basically. Mm-hmm. So, Brother Day, Brother Dusk, and Brother Dawn. Mm-hmm. Brother Dawn is the youngest one, and they kind of rule, seems like equally, right? Seems that. Um, even though one just seems to be the voice. But, uh... One Mr. Lester Freeman, a.k.a. Clark Peters, is in this Ooh, Okay, this here foundation show. Uh, Lester Freeman, of course, uh, one of the greatest characters from The Wire. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and uh, Goyer. Goyer's a part of this, too, isn't he? Yeah. Um, David Goyer? Yep. He's, uh, you know, one of the guys who had a hand Co-creator. in... Batman Begins and then, uh, you know, less mm-hmm. so in The Dark Knight. But, he, you know, he was involved. Um, mm-hmm. I think a couple of the Blade movies, too, if memory serves. But I think you're right. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. Yeah. So uh, co-created uh, by David Goyer and Josh Friedman, who wrote, let's see, uh, Terminator Dark Fate. We won't bring that up. Oh uh, Snowpiercer, the TV series. Didn't like the movie. Haven't watched the show, so I have no opinion on that. Uh, Lock and Key. Uh, Sir Connor Chronicles, The Black Dahlia, War of the Worlds, and his first story that he has attributed to him, Chain Reaction, the 1996 Keanu Reeves film. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Started strong. But look, sci-fi is a shit. I like that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah, dude, I am am so in with this. I I love the look of this. I love the look of the, the, the universe, of the different planets. Um, it, it it seems to have that classic sci-fi trope of kid from a poor family or a poor planet has an extraordinary gift or extraordinary learning and is, I don't know, not used, but at least is recruited mm-hmm. for their extraordinary gifts or, or, or knowledge. Yeah. Um, God, I I fucking I love this first episode, man. I love the the scope of it. Yeah, I, but also the the other thing I really like about it, the fact that a science fiction story is is completely built on the back of of um like math. You know, it's just like the numbers will not lie. This is what yeah. we can't predict individual human beings, but what we can do is look at the curve of time. And see where we've come from and and use those numbers to figure out when things are going to get bad. And and then, you know, mm-hmm. ma- what did she say? She's like, math, 
there was a there was a line. It's like math doesn't discriminate or something. Right. Yeah. 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 Math doesn't mm-hmm. judge. It just tells you what it is, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that, it's just such a cool concept for a sort of science fiction story that like that alone has me in. But and of course, like those that are in power, like well, can we do anything to stop it? And they're like, well, you could slow it down, but like the inevitable is the inevitable. Like the math doesn't lie. Like you can yeah. do stuff, I guess, um, I don't know, universally to kind of stop it. I, there was some line in there that was like, we we can see the bigger picture, but like the, the details we can't see. Like it's yeah. still going to follow the same path, but how we right. get there is going to be different. Right, right. So Very you can cool. do things to delay it, but – it's still going to fucking happen. And I'm right. just like out of my mind about that. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Like what could possibly be happening? And, and the other thing that's cool about this too, is that you're seeing the result of this book in video games like mass effect who have used, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah. this kind of story. Um, For sure. You know, it's just really cool. Yeah. I'm a big fan, big fan of this. It's good shit, man. Good shit. Agreed. Uh, you know, don't know if the boys are going to like it. Law may like it. Um, yeah. but, uh, I, I, I fucking love, I, I love this so far. And, and, you know, for, for somebody like Tom, you know, he and I have been talking about being uh BSG buddies yes. for like three years. Yeah. Uh, maybe we start with this, maybe we'd be foundation buddies, but you yeah. know what? I don't want, why don't we get into the way of uh Ted Lasso watching right now? Yeah. So well, you know, it's very important. He fucking loves so, it. It's very important. Apparently. But yeah, Foundation. I, I definitely recommend it. I think it's worth giving a shot. So. Awesome, man. Awesome. All right, that's going to do it for TV Roundup. Why don't we take a little pee break All right, and then uh, come back with what did you watch? All right, All right here we go. Uh... Does anybody need a piss break? Yeah. Yeah. Take it to the hoop right now, bitch. In between beers, shots of crown. It was a big ball passing on a minivan line. Watching Survivor season 45. What the fuck is a tribal? He gets the fucking idol finding points. Hey, bro. Two, six, five. Down, five, three. It was TV round up when things felt heavy. Crying, laughing, and pissing. Getting all sweaty. Time to take a break and pay them dues. Well, shit. Working on surprise food. Surprise food, scum. Supposed to be a pee break, but what else is new? Working on surprise food. Yeah. I'm in their pants list. Bitch, gas time. Oh, my God, I hope the door is locked. in no longer existed if it would have had a sound effect it would have been this we drank all night and greened out a bit world started spinning took a job i've always been a big fan of tim it was a feel we were just about to review so i'm sitting and then i got a puke again ain't it funny that surprise poo Fucking everything's just coming out here's this way of sneaking up on you what are you, bro? Like 
Taking that surprise poo. No, but I puked on my shit last night. And keep on flushing. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it well. So there I was, <laughs> shitting on my own puke, puking on my own shit. And it was the time of my life. And saving my contestant, Ashley, because she would have been the one voted out if she used it. Boom. How's that? I got to watch the show to figure out what the fuck you just said. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it well. All right. Let's let's just fucking do it. I'm the player that you're talking about. Do you really think that you can work it out? I guarantee you, shorty, it's real. Baby, stick it out. Here comes the man to steal. I'm doing it. Doing it. Doing it well. I'm doing it. Doing it. Doing it well. I'm doing it. Doing it. Doing it well. I represent Queen's I'm doing it. Doing it. Doing it well. I'm doing it. Doing it. Doing it well. I'm doing it. Doing it. Doing it well. I represent Queen. She was raised out of Brooklyn. I love how wet it is, by the way. I love how wet it is, by the way. I love how wet it is, by the way. I love how wet it is, by the way. I love how wet it is, by the way. I love how wet it is, by the way. I love how wet it is, by the way. I love how wet it is, by the way. I love how wet it is, by the way. It goes for another minute. It goes for another minute. Let's do a little what did you watch this week? God damn it. This week, what did you watch this week? What did you watch this week? The fuck did you watch this week? What you what you watch? What you watch this week? doing it i'm doing it i'm doing it well <laughs> he's really leaning into that do- i'm doing it i'm doing it doing it. it all right let's kick it off with a little 31 days of horror what do you got all right so just as a little uh teaser okay uh so this thing oof. watch this movie martyrs okay um have you oh, ever yeah. heard of this movie i have 
<sighs> Have you seen this movie? <laughs> Is this the French rapey movie? So it's French, but it's not rapey. Um, uh, unfortunately. Well, so Martyrs. Martyrs is uh, difficult to describe. It's an ex- okay, so it's an extreme horror movie. Okay, extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's also the kind of movie that every act of the movie changes the type of movie that you're watching, like in a way. So what you think you know in the first act changes at the turn to the second act and then changes again between the second and third act. But, you know, so the the IMDb synopsis is a young woman's quest for revenge against the people who kidnapped and tormented her as a child leads her and a friend who is also a victim of child abuse on a terrifying journey into a living hell of depravity. So... This movie, it actually was remade. This was originally made in 2008. It was remade in 2015, I think. Um, This is a quote-unquote classic or notable film in in French cinema. Um, It's Uh just, it's in the vein of like audition and just insane bonkers horror movies. Yeah. This is the kind of movie that actively... It's almost like the director's looking you in the face and daring you to keep watching it. That's the kind of movie that this is, okay? It is a difficult movie to get through. Mm -hmm. The weird thing about this movie, though, is that if you get to the end, the, the, the point of this movie is very much about you as a viewer watching the movie. It becomes this, like, meta, without being meta kind of story where... The, the ultimate point of what happens and what goes down to the, like what happens to these characters, it, it kind of mirrors your experience watching the movie. It's, it's really interesting. Um, I don't know much else by this director or, you know, what he's, he's known for or why he was doing any of this, uh, any <laughs> of this shit. Okay. Um, I read up afterwards and saw that the Hostel movies had started coming out, and this was a response to that. Whereas Hostel was a movie about torture, this is a movie that's about pain. Um, It's a rough movie to watch. I don't expect most people to even give this a chance, but I think if you do and you can deal with it, getting to the end makes this a really interesting film. Um, But it's, it's a rough ride, so... From me, I go 7 on 10. I don't know that I'll watch this whole movie ever again, but I probably will watch the ending again because of how fucking audacious it is. Um, But yeah, if you're looking for something this month that is not going to make you feel good, (laughs) but uh, is different than, than, you know, your kind of standard Halloween Freddy Krueger stuff, um, this uh, this might be worth checking out. Had the ending not landed in the way that you presented it, I imagine that your score would have went down. For sure. For sure. Like because how many points? I, 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 I got to imagine it's like two points. Yeah, two, two or three. Because at the end of the day, you as a viewer have to endure a lot by the end of this movie. But if that was all for nothing, then it would just make this – a meaningless it would essentially make this movie into torture porn which mm-hmm. 
I think it it kind of is, but it is also a response to torture porn in a weird way. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's a complicated movie to to deal with. But like I said, certain people who listen to this show, they're gonna know whether or not they even want to try this. Um, you know, I, I I think it's worth your time if you can deal with it. You know, if you can deal with a movie that's very negative, that's very mean, that's very very fucking pessimistic and nihilistic about its characters. That's um, really going to push you, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, like, I could see this is the kind of movie that probably it probably never got a release in this country because of the content, honestly. It's it's that mm-hmm. it's that rough. And, and I will say, the only thing that I will tell people is that it, it has nothing to do... Like you said, that you thought this might be like a little bit of a rapey movie. Mm-hmm. It actually has nothing to do with that, which was a shock to me because I expected by the looks of this movie that to be what this story was. And it, it really wasn't. So that was kind of a I don't want to say a nice surprise, but like at least you didn't also have to contend with that. So. So, yeah, it's rough, but Martyrs right. seven on ten. So Martyrs. <laughs> yeah. So uh, and if you want to hear about more horror movies all month, Jack Attack Tuesdays, five bucks a month on Patreon. Go check them out. That's right. That's right. Okay, let's uh, go to the card counter. Paul Schrader's newest feature. Uh, didn't get on my radar until Chatsy reviewed it on Binge Views. Um, starring Oscar Isaac, Tiffany Haddish, and Ty Sheridan. Did I get that right? Yeah. Look that yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Ty Sheridan. Um yeah, Oscar Isaac is a uh, he's a gambler. He's got a little bit of a past being an uh, an ex uh, armed forces soldier. Goes to jail for a few years, comes out, gets into the, he's a very regimented guy. Gets into uh, gambling, card counting. Um, it's kind of how he makes his living. Uh, just taking small stacks at a time, not trying to cause too much attention, not trying to be a high roller. Um. I got to say right out the gate, just because we did this a few months ago on Movie Homework, strong Heart 8 vibes. Uh, really yeah. strong Heart 8 vibes. Yep. Yeah, all, all, all the way down to, like, the trio. Yeah. Of the three characters, the guy teaching the other kid about, um, about gambling and how to card count and stuff like that. Uh, he doesn't do it too much in, um, in, in the card counter. That's mostly through VO. But uh, I couldn't help but think about Heart Eight mm-hmm. a lot throughout this movie. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm glad you said that because I, I was trying to think of a, what movie it reminded me of, and you saying that is yeah, it's spot on. It's right there. Well, that's the thing, right? Like when you have any gambling, any casino uh, kind of like featured or centric movie, you're going to think of all the other casino or gambling centric movies. It, it, yep. it just comes up. It's not like it's a huge genre. So the fact that it comes up, you're going to want to compare it to those. Right. How did, did how did this get on your radar? Just Schrader, Oscar Isaac fan. How did, how did this come up? Uh, yeah, both. I mean, I, I remember seeing a poster for it, I don't know, five, six months ago. And just that Paul Schrader was making a movie, had Oscar Isaac in it. And that's really all I needed to hear. Yeah, um, sure. Yep. I'm I'm not a I'm not a huge Paul Schrader fan, but you know, First Reformed was really solid. Um 
Rolling Thunder. It's one of Tarantino's favorites. That was, you know, from a Paul Schrader story. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, Taxi Driver. He, he's got... He's also, to me, one of the more interesting um, filmmakers out there because he comes from the same era as Spielberg and Scorsese and, and all those guys. Yeah. But he's he's sort of, like, separate from them in a way. Um, like, his movies are... I remember uh, for a few years, he made a couple movies. One of them was like a Lindsay Lohan movie. And then he made a few movies with Nick Cage that the studios fucked with on him. And he was like actively campaigning against going to see one of them at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, So he he seems like the kind of guy who's like a very, very like particular kind of artist. And I think that shows in this movie. Um, That's that 70s all tour shirt, right? It's that, but it's also you can tell that Paul Schrader also has like a like a specifically like like a more negative view, more negative outlook on life too. Oh, he's super cynical, dude. Yeah, like super cynical. Is you know you watch this and you get shades of Taxi Driver, you get shades of of like Raging Bull, right? I mean, there's yeah, there's pieces of his other work in this story, even first reformed. I mean, first reformed was all you know was narrated by the main character. He's mm-hmm. he's a guy who you know, has his own sort of view of the world and, and you're getting that firsthand from his diaries and his voiceover, but maybe that's not necessarily the way things are kind of. Right. Deal, right. You right. Know? I think there's a bit of that in this movie. Um, I, 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 I don't know. Where, where did you, I'll say this. So the acting, right. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not a Tiffany Haddish fan. I don't find her funny. Weakest uh, part of the movie. Uh, weakest part of the movie. But th- to me, this was like the first time where I saw her and I'm like, huh, she could actually be a decent actress. Like, just don't she, don't be a comedian, you know? Yeah, she could. I mean, that's definitely, like, I'm a comedian, but now I'm starting to get these acting gigs, and fuck, I like money, so, like, let's get a paycheck. Uh, she's, she's, she's better in this than I've seen her in other things. Yeah. But it's still lacking. You're going up against Oscar Isaac, you know what I mean? Like Exactly. You have to... You have to fucking bring it. And, of course, like Ty Sheridan does. Like, the, this kid. Uh, Chatsy and I had a discussion. There's, like, three kids that look like Ty Sheridan. Like, yes. in, that, in that that generation, I just – Nick Robinson's one of them. And, like, yeah. if you put them uh, – I couldn't tell them apart. But uh, he's he, – he, that kid is fucking really good, man. He's a really yeah, good actor. Agreed. Agreed. And um, – so he could hold his own with Oscar Isaac, and I think Tiffany Haddish does too. But that that could just be like, it could just be like uh, stage like comedian confidence. Yeah. But her delivery, like, is not good. Her her dialogue delivery is not good. Um, it's 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 definitely lacking that um, those chops. And I think I don't think the movie suffers of, from it. Because I really like the movie, mm. it's just very noticeable because there's not a lot of characters. Okay. So yeah. if we're focusing on just a small amount of characters, the least of them is going to stand out, and that's kind of how I feel about her. Yeah, I, I can understand that. Um, yeah, I I, I liked I, I liked a lot of this movie. I I, I like the fact that. I sort of knew right when it started the kind of movie that this was. I guess unconsciously, I mean, I've seen a few Paul Schraders. I haven't seen everything, but, but you kind of know right away where this story is going to end up just because of the tone. 
Um, yeah. Be- because you've seen other Paul Schrader movies. Like, like mm-hmm. wherever this goes, it's going to be a bad place. Um, it's going to be darker than you expect. It's it's going to not be satisfying in a traditional, like, story sense, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I thought Oscar Isaac was, was solid, man. I mean, he's one of my favorite actors right now. Um, I think this is another really interesting and, and I think complex performance, but maybe, maybe it's not that complex. I guess I got to kind of talk that through a little bit, but I think it is. I think it is just because, you know, you mentioned how you can kind of like, if you know Schrader movies or you just know like dark movies, mm-hmm. you know, cynical movies, um, that you can kind of see where this is going and where it'll end. There's a specific scene. There's a flashback scene in prison with Oscar Isaac mm-hmm. that told me how the movie was going to end. Yes. Yes. You know what I'm talking about where they're eating? I do. Yep. Um, I was like, oh, okay. This is some, this is some other kind. Of, this is some fucking, I forgot. I almost forgot. I was in a Paul Schrader movie. No, this exactly. is some other kind of shit. Right. Exactly. And that, 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 I've done bad things and I am not being punished enough kind yes. of shit. Yes. And that's so it's just prevalent in, in like all of his work. So <laughs> you know, know that's going to happen. Like it, yeah, it's going. exactly. Yeah. Um, so, so having said that, right. I kind of struggle with this movie in being able to explain why I liked it. Cause I, I knew where it was going to go. Like I knew, th- I didn't know the exact circumstances we'll say but i knew i knew where it was going like you see certain casting and you're like okay something's gonna happen there right and it does yeah so knowing that i think for me it was just like it it was just oscar isaac's performance that that kept me engaged um Mm -hmm. i don't know that there's much else there to, to chew on really you know um I don't know. What, how did you feel about that? Like overall with this movie, did it, what, what did it do right for you? Cause I'm struggling to, to explain that beyond the Oscar Isaac of it all. About what uh, the movie does, right? Yeah. Like, well, like, what, what, well, like what you said, it? I mean, it, it's, I'm, I'm trying to take the, uh, the Oscar Isaac, like fanboyness, like out of, Sure, uh, sure. Ans- ans- answering the question yeah. um, and just like looking at it objectively, I think, well, I think he just works uh, as a character. Uh, he's obviously very conflicted. He has all these flashbacks. His VO tells us that, you know, again, like like I said bef- uh, in the intro is, you know, very regimented guy. He likes things a certain way. Mm. But then you get the contrast of that. And, and this is where I do. um want to agree with you when you say like i don't know if this is a a uh i don't know what you said like a dynamic performance or like conflicted performance but i i, yeah. I totally think it is because his the the, re, the result is basically how he lives now but the cause of everything is he's a he's a he was a completely different person then right and it's just he's out now right he went to jail he's out now he's living his life he lives at it seems like a hotel at a time. Um, he even mentions it. He's like, it's kind of a grind, you know, like this is just what I do. Uh, and I think that's part of the 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 punishment, too. Like he's not forgiven himself for the things that he's done. And right. 
maybe at some point he thought being in jail would absolve him of all that shit, but it's it's still lingering with him because he has that conscience. And I think that's a big part of why I fucking love the movie is the characterization of the Oscar Isaac character because there are so many fucking complicated emotions built up into that. And when Ty Sheridan comes into his life, it adds it adds another layer of characterization while opening those wounds, I think, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and making them fresh again and making them fucking sting. Um, and then on the other hand, you have the Tiffany Haddish character who is, you know, she she's just the bank. She just she wants to bankroll him. She's like, why the fuck are you doing this piddly shit? Let's I'll bankroll you. And we'll 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 take down some uh, World Series of Poker tournaments. Sure. So I don't know. I was always kind of on the fence about her character. Not on the fence, but like I just didn't trust her character. Okay. And I thought it was going to play out in a different way. Saying that, I think. Again, just trying to parse this out as we're fucking talking. I think that maybe, you know, she represents that side that, you know, the, 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 the door forward into because this is Schrader, right? Schrader, for whatever the fuck he's done in his life, probably just being a fucking Catholic is enough. But I he's always trying to exercise some demons in his fucking scripts and his movies. Yeah. And it's where what almost 45 years, almost 50 years into his career and he's still doing it. What the yeah. fuck, man? Like yeah. it, they turn out to be good movies, but Jesus Christ, fucking talk to somebody. I know. I know. Like, the, like <laughs> film is just such an outlet for this guy's fucking darkness. And it's, it's mm-hmm. like, like I'm, I'm trying to, so I'm looking at his filmography, right? It's got a lot of writing yeah, yeah. credits, but you know, Okay, Blue Collar, right? Isn't that the... Uh, let me look that up quick. Is that the Richard Pryor movie? Yeah, uh, I think so, yeah. Okay, okay. So he comes out of the game with a Richard Pryor flick. Uh, okay. Then he goes to Hardcore. You know what Hardcore is about? Hardcore, isn't that... Doesn't a rich guy's daughter get kidnapped and then they rape her and he has to watch it or something? So basically, yeah, yeah, it's George C. Scott and his daughter is, is I believe, kidnapped and beca- thrown into pornography and he has to go and yeah, find her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, that's how he comes out the gate. That, I mean, that, obviously, he's got Taxi Driver before that is writing, right? But you look through his filmography and you're just like, this guy, I mean, the lightest movie after that, I think, might be Autofocus. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Um I I like this movie a lot. I don't know that I can recommend it, but I I really liked it for the performance. I liked it because it was so sort of controlled and sure of itself. The fact mm-hmm. that this movie got made at all, I think is a great thing because I don't think that there's a lot of, of films that are getting this kind of chance anymore to, to be made or released. Um, they would have slapped... Uh, some kind of funky music on it to change to completely the, the studio yeah. would have slapped some fucking funky music on it to make it a completely different tone of film. Right. Right. Like I'm, I'm interested to know 
if he had any interference on this, which I, I have to assume he probably did not because he's been vocal mm-hmm. in the past when that has happened. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I don't know. Thinking in terms of ratings here, I, I think it's a seven for me. Um, I certainly like it more than a six, but I don't, I don't love it enough to give it an eight. So I think a seven is appropriate for, for this one, but, uh, yeah. Um, I love it enough to give it an eight. I had a fucking blast with this. Uh, Jesus. I don't know if I had a blast with it. That's probably the wrong <laughs> word. <laughs> How bad was your week? Fuck. I know you just came back from vacation, but God. Oh, damn. and he ties himself up and he punches himself in the dick. I was having a blast with that. Um, no, I, I, I had a, again, like I was going to say, I had a great time. I didn't have a great time. It was a fucking good movie. And I, I, I just appreciate it. Uh, just based on that, man, I, I'm a moody motherfucker, and I like sure. moody motherfucker movies, you know? So, like, this is kind of my shit. Uh, and, you know, not to mention the soundtrack. The mm. soundtrack and the score, like, right away, I'm like, I know this. What the fuck is this? And so I looked it up. I paused it, looked it up right away. It's uh, the bass player, Robert Bean, from uh, one of my favorite bands, Black Rebel Motorcycle Club, does the soundtrack for this. Oh, okay. Um, nice. So he's all over this. And uh, again, Black Rebel Motorcycle Club, super fucking moody mm. band. Um, that I always thought, like, why aren't any of these fucking songs in movies? And he winds up doing a fucking soundtrack. And so it's, oh, nice, uh, it's yeah. Great. I got to count that in, in in the favor, just because. Don't, hold on, Alex. You 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 sound like you're a million miles away. Oh my bad. There you go. Back to normal. Yeah. Uh, nope. Uh, back a million miles away. <laughs> Fucking new mic. Oh. New mic. Here we go. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. So, where the fuck was I? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I just figured like uh, Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. Moody shit. Schrader was like, that's my shit. Put it in. And I think it adds to the the characterization of Oscar Isaac's character and the whole the whole world that he's built for himself. It's like he's just not living in this world. He's he's built his own fucking way. And this is how he chooses to uh live his life. And I think the music kind of uh acts as a uh as a, as a background for all that, I, I just I fucking really love this movie, man. I really did. Um, again, like Tiffany Haddish is not great in it. She's serviceable, you know. She does the job of what that character needs to do. Ty Sheridan, I think, is fucking great. I, his character arc, though, so it was a little bit of a. Uh, it took a little bit for me to like really buy. And then the end of that storyline, like, it took even more for me to buy. Okay. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it, it, it doesn't come out of nowhere. And the impetus for Ty Sheridan's character to go off is solid. I think mm-hmm. that fits. But. Oscar Isaac is coming to it from like a good place. Yeah. 
Ty Sheridan's also like he's he's a he's a kid, right? Quote unquote, but he's like in his twenties. He's a grown man too. And grown men are gonna do fucking grown man shit. And he's just gonna fucking do what he wants to do. And you don't want him to, but it, he does. So that was like a, a one of my uh I don't know, not a negative, but it was just one of those things I was like, ah, I don't know about that. Mm. But I bought it. I bought it just because I I'm buying everything as a whole so yeah no that uh that makes sense i mean there's you know it's funny you talk about like studio interference or something there's definitely a version of this movie where and i don't think that this is at all in in this movie but there's a version of this movie where that kid is like quote unquote a figment of his imagination or something you know what i mean Uh, (laughs) oh yeah 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 you could play that bullshit and like you know because like in fact, it wouldn't even surprise me if, like, Schrader had a version of the script where that was the case. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I'm, I'm glad it's I'm glad it's not that. I'm glad that there isn't, like, some some bullshit in there to to tease that. Because I, I think that would be a cop-out. And I also yeah, think that Schrader has done enough to, to, like, he wants to make his choices. He wants them to stick, you know? Um, so, so yeah. Uh, it's, it, that's interesting, man. I, I, I don't know. It's... It's not a movie that I love, but it's a movie that I, I probably respect more than I than I enjoyed. And I did enjoy it to a certain degree. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Um, and it's dark, but it's not going to be like Martyr's Dark. No. You know what I mean? It, where you're not going to watch it again. It's it, it's dark, it's moody, but I think uh, you could probably watch it um, if you're a significant other or whoever. Yeah. Uh, if you wanted to, show it to somebody. But yeah. – uh, I, I I really dug it, man. I I really 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 like this movie. Nice, so. very nice. I don't understand uh, the hotel thing of putting sheets on the uh, lamps and all over mm. the fucking furniture, but uh, it make it's keeping me thinking about it. So I think that's a good thing. Well, you know, uh, not to add anything to that, but uh, there's there's somebody at the end of the film who. Uh, whose house is covered in furniture like that. So there's there's definitely something to that, but I, I also do not quite understand exactly what that is. I thought he did that. I thought Oscar did, did that. Oh. Oh, you might be right then. But but if if that was his teacher, then it makes sense. Okay. Let's move on. It's the biggie. Oh, boy. It's the biggie. That's a prequel feature. For the Soprano series, it's the many states of Newark, the story of Dickie Maltesanti, Christopher Maltesanti's father, and uh, how he came up, basically. I don't even know where to fuck to start with this. I know. <laughs> All right. So, so you know, we I think we mentioned it before, but um, so we've already recorded a commentary for this. So we talked about it uh, a bit there, but yep. it's a different thing uh, reviewing a movie, right? So... I have a couple thoughts right out the gate. Uh, number one is something we talked about yesterday about, hey, you know, how would this play for somebody who's never seen the show? Um, I don't think... I, I'm not sure that it would, the more that I think about it. I don't, I think, I don't think so either. I think the story is, is, is fine, but I don't think that the movie is focused enough on that story to make you give a shit unless you know who all these people are. Um... Because it's like, the movie has these competing uh, through lines, right? Like, one is the Dickie Moltisanti story. Mm. One is the Tony Soprano origin. And one is the the Newark riots. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't think that those three things ever come together in a way that like makes them all make sense for this movie. No, you know, like there's no. Th- it's kind of like what we were talking about. There's no, th- there's no through line. There's no like specific thing that that says like okay, this this leads to this and concludes in this way, right? It, it, yeah, it's like yeah. it's like pieces <clears throat> of a of a pilot, you know. Um, well, I, th- I think uh, people that hadn't seen the show that were watching this, to your point, you mentioned in the in the commentary, is uh, what happened to that Harold character? Like, why can't we go back to him? He seemed pretty cool. Seemed like he was coming on the up too. Like, uh, right? How come he's not on screen all the time? Yeah, because they don't know, obviously, like any of the Sopranos characters or that. You know, everything is all tied in and everything. They would just look at it and go, because he is a good character. Like, you're right. I didn't even watched it. And I was like, great fucking movie. But I didn't really have those feelings or those thoughts about Harold, the Harold character, who's uh, Dickie Moltisanti's buddy. uh, Until you brought it up in in the commentary and I'm like oh shit yeah this is a perfect character and then we talked about you know different spin-offs and whatnot mm. but yeah i i think uh a pleb a, uh, <laughs> a sopranos <laughs> pleb <laughs> a non sopranos person would fucking uh would just they, i don't think they would be looking for the same things that people that love the show would be looking at sure sure um but yeah, so so beyond that, uh, the the good stuff, right? Um, I think Alessandro Nivola is great. Um, he's a solid actor. Mm-hmm. You know, he he plays an interesting role here, and we know just enough about Dickie Moltisanti so that it's kind of like a blank slate, right? Like you yes, do, yep. you can do whatever you want with it. Um, it's interesting that we see c- certain things that we see origins of that are maybe a little bit fan servicey, but I think are are ultimately valid like you know things um we didn't even talk about this when we uh, recorded the commentary but you know um there's a lot of talk of dickie multisanti being a drug addict right in the show mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um that's that's interesting right having seen the movie um there's a few other yep. things that are that are that are interesting because of that and um and yeah uh i think tm said it when he called in uh was it tm Vera he called in <laughs> Uh, Vera Farmiga was the the standout. Uh, seeing Ray Liotta again is great, and and what mm-hmm. they do with with Ray Liotta's characters is really cool. Yep. Um, the side characters: Paulie, Silvio, yeah. Pussy. Uh, yep. Nice to see them. Yep. Young kids. Uncle Joey. Uncle Joey shows up. Your fucking cocksucker. Oh, oh you cocksucker. Yeah. Uh, fits what right the fuck? in there. Uh, needle drops, dude. A lot of good needle drops. Oh my god, the soundtrack of this is amazing. Yeah, um, and it's totally and, made uh, for fans classic, of this genre. classic chase uh, form. Yes, all the needle drops. Um, Sorry, no, no problem. I, I was going to say, just uh, if you're if you're a fan of gangster movies, it, it's very much like it, it's right in the pocket of you know charismatic lead actors. Solid soundtrack, enough creativity with the cinematography and the filmmaking and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it feels correct. Like the, it feels like it, it belongs in the genre, and it's not. It doesn't feel like an imitator, if that uh, makes sense. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. Any, any other things that you like really loved about the movie that didn't mention? Um, like uh, 
like TM said in his voicemail, it's fucking amazing just to be back in this world. Yeah, I think I think that's one of the things that stood out to me. Um, like even just waking up this morning, I woke up and I got myself a gun. So uh, <laughs> that was stupid. Uh, no, but I woke up this morning like thinking about the film and everything. I already watched it twice. Can't wait to watch it again. And I was thinking that's what I came away with. I think mostly is like it's uh, 40 years or something in the past, 30, 40 years in the past. Yeah. Uh, but it's still the same world, dude. And I fucking love that. I love that it feels like we're in the show, even though we we don't we're not pulling up to the giant fucking uh, driveway to Tony's house. You know, yeah. we're at Satrial's. Right. We're on the fucking street. We're in the back room of Satrials. We're fucking we're 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 there. We're fucking there. Yeah. And I, yeah. I'm Everybody's still got fucking their fucking loving it. We got the gamage, you know, all that shit. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of the characters have similar tendencies to the ones that they do in the show. We see what plays out with some of that stuff. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think this movie is just a it's a very solid follow-up to the series. Um, but it's like TM said, we should get more from this. This should be a series or this, there should be another movie or, or something. It's just, it's, mm-hmm. it's really odd that this is a movie. It just doesn't, it feels like it's teeing up so much more. And if this yeah. is all that we get, it's fine. But I, there's just a lot left on the table, I think. Well, it's like we brought up in the commentary, and you guys can listen to that after the free binge. Do a commentary for the Many Saints of Newark and the full binge. Uh, that you can pull out a series from this. You can continue with the series. Harold is an example, right? Yeah. You can do that. Dickie's an example. This could have been a whole series. So you just look at the main series, at the Sopranos. And 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 think about other characters that are either talked about or they're one-off characters or whatever. And you can still pull quality story out of there. Right. But, you know, like I was mentioning, I think the fact that they didn't do this series is the fact that David Chase is in his 80s. And he's like, I got fucking a feature, boys. I got a feature in me. I don't know if I could do yeah. fucking that episodes. Yep. So I don't know, but I'm I'm fucking thankful that we got this at the very least. Um, could it have been? This is what I was thinking about this morning too. Could it have? Would it have been better? Not right after the Sopranos ended, or even a couple years after it ended. Would it have been better earlier? Like, could this have benefited? Say, let's see. That show ended in what 2007, I think. Say even fucking ten years later, which is we're, we're removed from that uh, four years. So, would that have been better? Would five years have been better? I don't know. Yeah, it, it's just very weird timing. But it fucking landed. I was worried about it. I was worried about it landing. Yeah, I mean, I think but, that the, the the thing that's nice about this is, regardless of 
how we might feel about, you know, how much is here or, or like what we got or, or those sorts of things. It's nice to see that the quality level is as high as it is, because regardless of the some of the creative choices that are made in terms of like what is put on screen or whatever, um, I, I, I'm happy I'm happy to report that this is, it's like you said, you're back in the world and this feels like a movie, whereas the show felt like a show. I will say that. That's true. But it's, it, 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 it's the correct level of effort that was put forth to make this thing. Um, it, it's not a mail-in. It's not an afterthought. It's, it's the right thing. And that, I think that's really, it's really comforting to see. So, yeah, I, I think, uh, so after I watched the pilot, I think it was like one season behind. I think I started season two watching the show. Mm. And I remember watching the pilot and thinking like, well, this is just this is great. This is like a fucking Scorsese movie. Right. This is a fucking gangster movie. And that's exactly what you said. Like. The last act of the film when we're doing the commentary is like this is just an extension of gangster movies. This is fucking fellas this is you know what i mean like right. it feels part of that fucking dna and fabric right. of gangster movies and i fucking love it for that yeah yeah um all right man well we uh we did a whole commentary we're we gonna drop a rating on this it's a nine on ten big it's shit. nine on ten but holy shit yeah i just i i love it i'm a huge sopranos fife um i texted pete Probably halfway through watching it the first time, saying we have to do a many saints of Newark uh, <laughs> tour the next time I go to Jersey. Um, the, the seeing Holston's after being in it is a little eerie for me because mm. uh, it was just like I was there last month. Holy fuck! Scene of the crime, um, man. It's. Uh, yeah, and just the whole, um, you know, we we mentioned in the commentary. I want to mention this too, uh, real quick before we get your rating. The tongue in cheek, what I thought was tongue in cheek, uh, in the trailer where they're handing baby Christopher to Tony, and then baby Christopher's crying, and he's like, "I don't know, I don't think he likes me." I thought it was a little too on the nose. Mm. And I don't want to spoil, like, the setup for the movie, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. I'll just say it makes a, so much more sense. And yep. I, I, it's an interesting choice, and I fucking love the balls on David Chase to fucking go with that choice. Yeah. Uh, and it, it was there, and then it's gone for a lot of the movie, but the times that it's popped in, uh, it's just fucking amazing, dude. I, I <laughs> it's just it's so fucking eerie. This whole movie, like the underlying underlying feeling for me is like it's just it's it's creepy in a good way. It's like eerie in a good way. It, which to me, that's how the show feels to me too. Like whenever I think back on it, I think back on the finale. I think back on the dream sequences, like those are the things that lasted with me far more than, you know, the ins and outs of what's going on with, with the gang. Um, yeah. So this, yes, what you're talking about, anybody who's seen the movie will know what we're talking about right now feels in line with that. And, and I had seen some criticism that the movie wasn't weird enough or like took some of those supernatural, not that they were supernatural, but like slightly supernatural elements out of it. 
Um, mm. I, I don't. I don't think so. I think that they're in the movie as well. It's just they're they're lesser. I think that element's one of them. I think you know one one thing we didn't um, mention. There's this very. How do I talk about this without without saying it? Um, there's a scene between. Uh, uh, hmm. Dickie and one of the main characters, and it's mm-hmm. in a garage. And there's an Easter yes. egg to something that happens throughout the series. And it's sort of a blink and you'll miss it kind of thing. But then they also kind of make reference to it after the fact to make sure yeah. that the audience knows it's there kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, you know, th- those those elements are there. It's just, I think you need to pay enough attention to know they're there. And it, maybe that that's something that you know, makes itself more known on repeat viewings too. So yeah. 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 Um, but yeah. Um, all right. So rating for me, it's, it's an eight yep. on 10. It's a very solid eight on 10. Um, nice. I, I love that I have the context to enjoy this. Um, I'm glad that we did the series that we did on the Sopranos. I'm glad I finally got around to watching that. It's obviously become a quick favorite. This is a very cool follow up, even though it's a prequel to watching that show. And yeah, at the end of the day, if I had any, desire it's just i want more out of this I, I just hope this isn't the end um there's too much here that's left unsaid i want i want more to be said so so yeah eight on ten. Eight on ten more to be said we got it we got it all right it. Go. uh god damn it i just want to watch it right <laughs> i might just watch it now and listen to our commentary as we do <laughs> And then, like, bring up stuff that we didn't bring up and then yell at us. Yeah, that's, uh, well, that's a pastime, right? Anytime you listen to these podcasts. God damn it! No, Steve Goldberg isn't in that fucking movie. Or whatever. Or if you're, yeah, like, listening to the binge cast last week and I'm not on it, I'm like, well, it's, oh, god damn it, I'm just outside by myself. I sound like a crazy person. Just yelling at my fucking phone. All right. Uh, yeah, that's going to do it for the binge cast this week. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, if you are a patron... To the full binge, patreon.com slash binge media. Enjoy the Many Saints of Newark commentary that Jack Falvey and myself do. A lot of fucking fun. A lot of fun. Uh, I'm glad it was an unabashed love fest for not only the show, but the movie itself. And, um, yeah, we just kind of had a love fest about it, and it's, uh, it's fucking awesome. It's awesome. 708-406-9546 uh, if you want to leave us a gig, and you should do that. Leave us a goog, give us a review, let us know about any uh, new shows or movies. Very disappointed nobody mentioned Squid Game, but that's okay. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Yes. Again, if you're not part of the full binge, you should be. Patreon, five bucks a month. Get yourself a shot glass, maybe a pint glass, and a monthly happy hour on Discord. Do Hang it. out with us. And then you get sorry, nice. I'm doing now it. You just I'm doing it. Prompted me. Doing it well. All right. All right. Let's get out of here. Uh, hey, peace. I'm the player that you're talking about. But do you really think that you can work it out? I guarantee you, shorty, it's real. Baby, stick it out. Here comes the man of steel. I'm doing it. Doing it. Doing it well. I'm doing it. Doing it. Doing it well. I'm doing it. Doing it. Doing it well. I represent Queens. I'm doing it, doing it, doing it well. I'm doing it, doing it, doing it well. I'm doing it, doing it, doing it well. I represent Queen, she was raised up. 
I love how wet it is, by the way. I love how wet it is, by the way. I love how wet it is, by the way. I love how wet it is, by the way. I love how wet it is, by the way. I love how wet it is, by the way. Thank you for listening to the BingeCast on BingeMedia.net. To listen to the full binge, subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash BingeMedia. BingeMedia patrons will get access to the full binge, the BingeCast's four-hour show on a private RSS feed, and they'll get it a full 24 hours before it hits the public uh, RSS terrorism. feed. BingeMedia patrons also get other perks, so check us out at patreon.com slash BingeMedia. Subscribe to the BingeMedia Podcast Network at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, the full binge. Look at me, I'm a movie fan.